And welcome to another episode of the Instant Novels Podcast. I'm James Holmes, aka Snotty Dripping, on Twitter.com. Uh, you can find me over at B-Ball Breakdown, where we have all the freshest, hypest, dopest, uh, any other older 90s lingo you could think of, basketball talk. Um, this is my summer preview series. Uh, there are no other preview series like this. Now, nah, I'm going division by division. I already had Tim Cato on for the Southwest. I had my man Big Waz on for the Southeast. Uh, we're back in the West now. Uh, I got the Pacific Division. And uh, I guess Ed's going to be a little bit late tonight. Uh, so, yeah. All right. I got I got 10 minutes. I could, I could sit here and just chop it up with y'all. Um, San Diego weather has been killing. I'm sitting here in the tank top sweating like a, like a pig, even though it's almost 7 o'clock at night. Um, so, yeah, uh, tonight I got a really good guest, uh, my man Marcus Thompson from the Bay Area News uh, News Group. Um, he writes over – you can find him over at, uh, I think, mercurynews.com, and he's, uh, he's a Warriors guy. He's, he's a sports uh, columnist covering the Warriors. So uh, he's been doing the thing. Me and Max kind of kind of bumped heads a little bit on, on social media a few weeks back, but we all got it together. It was cool, and I wanted to have him on the show because, I mean – who better to talk Warriors than a guy who's been – he's been 17 years in the game uh, as sports writing. Uh, Oakland born, uh, went down to uh, Clark Atlanta for, you know, school and 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 work his craft, and now he's, he's back on the West Coast doing his thing. He's been over here for a while. Um, so, yeah, he'll be on in a little while, I think, uh, about another eight minutes. So, I don't know. I asked Twitter for questions. I haven't seen any yet. So – I mean, the only thing really going on right now is Team USA. Um, they held on for a three-point win over uh, over France. They didn't play Tony Parker. That's right after they held on for a three-point win over Serbia, which uh, and they got cooked up by by the the young kid uh, Nikolai Jokic, Denver Nuggets young kid. I think he's a uh, the best kept secret in the league. The last season, people didn't really know about him. I follow some Denver people, and they—they they, I kept saying, "Oh, the best rookie, he should be in the conversation." I thought they were just hyping that guy up, but uh, if you actually go watch the tape on on Jokic, the kid could play. I mean, and that just sounds—that sounds like we're really underselling him because uh, he's one of those guys that I don't see any any flaws really in the game. He has a jump shot, he hit a three. He's an excellent passer. Uh, I'm talking like next level passes that. It, like veterans, veteran big men can't make. Like, you know, Marcus Soule is a great passer, but this dude is doing, you know, almost some kind of and one uh, trick passing. Um, he can finish around the rim both hands. He got handle. So he's seven foot. He's a little, little light in the frame. He needs to put on some weight. But the dude can really, really play. I mean, his per 36 numbers, which some people don't like to listen to per 36 and stats like that, but they're right up there with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so you know, he was actually more impactful and uh, probably had a better rookie season than than uh, Porzingis in New York, which a lot of people don't want to hear. Yeah, man. I mean, Jokic yeah. could play, man. Denver got a really nice uh, young core. It's gonna be fun talking about them. But uh, yeah, Team USA. So uh, the big thing is we didn't really take point guard. Uh, well, I hate I hate to say that the point guards we took aren't aren't really the the game controlling uh, floor general point guards. We got Kyrie, who's just, you know he's gonna score, score first guy, uh, and we got uh, Kyle Lowry from Toronto, score first guy. Uh, he's he could do it all. He's more of a do it all point guard than Kyrie is, but still, 
both of them, you know, they, they look to score and their aggression is what makes them great as far as aggression to score. Uh, in the years past, kid Chris Paul, uh, floor generals, even Deron Williams, you know, guys who they can just run an offense. And uh, Chris Paul was great defensively at the point. Deron used to be really solid at the point for injuries, knocked him down a peg uh, or two or three or four. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it shows uh, after dominating the 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 friendly rounds and the round robin rounds. It, it shows now that we we send a team that's not the best the USA has to offer because LeBron and Steph didn't they no they chose the rest and that's their right I respect that um so I, I, it's funny because I see a lot of talk uh, Coach Nick I'm gonna call you out uh, Coach Nick if, if you guys don't know he actually is the the head honcho behind bballbreakdown.com um real you know great great basketball mind but i just saw him tweet i think today he's going on record to say that team usa won't won't get a gold medal in the next three olympics and when somebody asked him why his reasoning is because the world's got so much better um that's true that's absolutely true the world has gotten better uh ever since ever since um the dream team I think the world has has been ex- exponentially getting better. They've they've caught they've caught up. They showed us in 2004 and 2006 that that Team USA uh, that you can't be screwing around. You got you got to come with a real team. And uh, Team USA has done a good job of building up that program for continuity's sake. Talent still wins, and I, I think while the continuity they want to have, it's not really where it needs to be as far as the other teams. I mean, look, Spain has like five or six guys. That were on the team that beat Team USA back in that 06, no 04, right? Whatever that is. So yeah, 04. Spain has guys who like you know like a big bulk of their team is from that team. You know, same thing with Argentina, and that's that's both a credit to their what they do. It's also a uh, it shows that they're not maybe their pipeline's not strong enough because they're not getting new blood in to take these guys' place. I mean, we're talking 12 years later, you know? Uh, so I don't know. Uh, yes, the world's gotten better, and you can see the familiarity they have with each other, like uh, watching France. Some of the passes, these, their bigs were throwing to them, man. Um, it, like, Patty, they made Patty Mills look like an all-star. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, that's an Australia game. Um, who's playing for France? Well, yeah, let's go to that one, even Australia game. With uh, Bogut and Patty Mills, uh, Bogut and Patty Mills look like all stars because the familiarity was there. Like he was throwing passes to where Patty Mills would be, and Patty Mills catch up with the ball and Team USA's ball watching and their backdoor cut, boom. Pat- and Patty Mills hit the he hit the shot, he hit some nice shots. He he put it up high over DeAndre a couple of times. So we can't take anything away from how well Australia played, and how well uh, France played, and Serbia played, but. I, I, yeah, they're the better team. They're the better team, but they're not because they lost. And they're better because we didn't bring USA team USA didn't bring their A game. They they brought really good players, but when you don't bring somebody like a LeBron or um a Chris Paul, who can slow it down a little bit. And I don't know. It's weird that Kevin Durant hasn't been more aggressive. Like he had a game where we only have four shots and you know they they won by three. That's weird to me. I I don't I don't know. I mean I get it. It's the Olympics and it's everybody, it's a kumbaya kind of thing. Everybody wants to get along. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it sucks that Kevin Durant's decision is now making me kind of question this kind of thing. Uh, I think before I would have just chalked it up to he's a team player and, you know, everyone can touch the ball. And and it's 
and it's the same thing I'm gonna say now is the fact that when when you get guys like this together, they start oversharing and like it, they don't want to dominate the action. They don't want to be the story uh, because you know if they're being magnanimous and they they're, they're off one one for all. But Kevin Durant, we need you to take take charge, man. Uh, I think the other night he like he went against France. He went like six for six and seventy points. But you, you can't just take six shots in a, in a three point win. We 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 need him to take over and 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 ball. Um, Kobe Bryant, damn his name. Uh, when he played for Team USA, he was all right. You guys stand around. I'm shooting. You know, you guys messing around, letting these guys come close or think they're going to come close to us. I'm shooting, and you got to respect that. That's that's just how his mentality is. Um, I think you know. It took Braun a while, but I think Braun developed that same kind of mentality where, okay, he 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 share the ball, whatever. But when it's time to roll, it's time to roll. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned. And I think we brought some players who don't really quite fit. Um, Demarcus, not Demarcus. Well, yeah, Demarcus is struggling. We'll get back. Uh, Draymond Green is is an excellent NBA player. Uh, great defender. Great teammate, obviously, and he, he turns up to a great, to a very good passer and playmaker. Just with the Olympic style, he and it look, it's, I mean, the numbers bear this out. He looks lost because those big bodies aren't, uh, you know, they're not putting the ball in his hands. He usually not putting the ball in his hands for him to be the primary playmaker, and it shows. Uh, and without the ball in his hands, uh, sure, he hits enough threes as a powerful in the NBA to keep the, the the space to floor. But when he's not hitting them, which he's not now, that what are you doing? Um, those big bodies know how to really throw their weight around. He's not going to just crash the boards and dominate the rebounds like he would in the NBA against even bigger competition. Uh, these guys, they're, they're, they know how to play ball. Um, who was the other guy? Uh, Clay, yeah, we know Clay can shoot. I'm not going to talk. I'm not as high as, on Clay as a lot of people. Uh, I've heard talk about him. Oh, he Clay, could, Clay can lead the league in scoring. You know, if he had his own team, he'd average just 25, 30. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to politely disagree with that talk. Clay is not a system player. He's a very good player. He can defend. He's shown uh, at times he can just get, I'm talking supernova hot, where no matter what you do, he's going to be hitting shots. But to he dribbles like he has frying pans tied to his hands. No, nah, that's not true. He's he's improved a lot. His ball handling has improved a lot in straight line drives, and he can come off those curls and, you know, get ahead of momentum. He's not going to hit you any tricky things. He's not going to face you up and have you in front of him and, hit you in and out to to get by you but he's improved a lot with his hand as far as getting to the rim um his playmaking it still has a way to go it's very rudimentary um he can he'll find the open man in the corners you know off of set action he's not a creative passer uh he's still not a strong rebounder so he's a good player and i think on any team he'd probably get you almost 20 if you give him enough shooting the skill that just doesn't go away um but as far as him being the leading scorer in the NBA, I, I doubt that ever happens. So as we wait on my man Marcus Thompson, um, yeah, I was thinking I was having any questions from you guys, man. This is you guys ask me questions all day on on social media, and I, today I ask for questions. Nobody even speaks up. Um, so we're going to cover the Pacific. We'll talk uh, Golden State, of course. Uh, me and Mister Thompson are going to get into it. Nah, nothing to argue about because I just want to hear his take on how how well he thinks they're going to do this year. Um, and uh, we're going to talk Kings, talk some Suns, 
and finish up with the Lakers. It's a very top-heavy division because let's be real. There's two division, two teams in the division that's going to playoffs. I don't think the others are going to be even close. Um, so I do got a couple questions. Um, from on Twitter, uh, Mr. At Carter Landis, at Carter Landis three. Uh, he asks, I've asked you this before, but if the Marcus Cousin gets traded to a contender, is it Kevin Love 2.0? Okay, that's a good question. So I guess he is a. Uh, so Kevin Love put up all star numbers. He looked oh up. Well, before we jump into this, I'm I'm a, hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Landis. We'll get you at the end, brother. So. My man's calling in right now. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Mr. Marcus Thompson. What's up, man? So uh, I am a man. I'm not a myth. <laughs> How's it going, up, man? Thanks up? for joining me, brother. Thanks for joining yeah, me. I appreciate sure. you coming on. Okay, real quick before before we get into anything else, I want to say my bad. I'm gonna apologize to you on there because yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. In a very public setting, I, I question like your integrity, and I, I, I came at you kind of sideways. So for anybody who, who didn't follow, we were on Twitter, and I think it was right when Draymond was about to get suspended. I think it hadn't been announced yet. And so I'd follow, I'd follow Marcus for a while, but we never – we didn't interact too, too, too much at all. And um, I admit, I guess I just really don't pay attention, you know, enough attention to, to his, his viewpoint of things. So when I saw uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, Marcus – you were pretty much saying, like, you know, you want to see the best in the, in the playoffs, so you didn't want to see Draymond get suspended. Not for that, right? I just feel like, I just feel like it's lame, you know. But, okay. you know, just for, just for the record, though, we talked about it. We is good. I, no man hope necessary. I ain't nobody. We, no, we I'm gonna. I want to. No, give me a second. I'm gonna say it on air. No, because I, I, I told you, and I know you don't. Re- I appreciate you don't care. But I'm still gonna do it because, like I said, I sit on a very public setting, and even though I apologize on Twitter, I don't, you know, after after it's all said and done, people don't really see that kind of thing. So I, I said that you were biased. I, I was like, you know what, you write for the Warriors, you're gonna be biased. Of course, you're gonna say no. He shouldn't get suspended, right? And you took that. I mean, hey, you took it as an yeah, attack yeah. on your. Uh, yep, yeah, and and and. I didn't mean it that way, but I can see why you did. And it, it, it didn't come out. I wasn't saying it in a very, I wasn't saying it in a really friendly, polite way. It's true. I was, I was kind of being aggressive about it because I felt like, you know, he's right, Warriors rider, he's going to be saying blah, blah, whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance in the DMs and we, you know, we talk, talk, talk. We're cool. We got that together. And I, I'm I, and now here we are a couple months later. You're on my show. And I really appreciate that. You know, so, um, I think I think part of it, part of it too, is you know, as writers, we have a a ready defense, you know, because that's that's like the number one retort that people use, especially on social media, is that you bias. So that's a defense we have all the time. It's a trigger word, you know, like it's like okay. calling wrestling fake, right? You know, it's just a trigger word when you're dealing with journalists. It's like. We put in all this work to try to be unbiased or try to be objective and balanced. So it's going to automatically spark the, the defense mechanism when, when you're called biased. So I understood that we both had a role in it, my defensiveness and, you know, uh, your aggressiveness. But the key is, it was a while ago too, right? We talked about it. Was it was back in May. Yeah. How, yeah, we talked about how, it. That's how it's supposed to work, right? You know, you talk right, about right. it. Right, Listen to both sides, come to a conclusion, and you're good. That's, that's not how social media generally works, but 
that's that's how it that's how it did with us. So I'm good. That yes, sir. I appreciate you, my brother. And that's how it's supposed to work. We know it doesn't quite work like that. So I'm glad we 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 said, you know what, we are a paragon of of how it's supposed to work. We said we set the example, man. So I know you don't have too much time. I if you let's jump. Um, I got 40. I got 40, 40 left. My, my man, let's do it. All right. So um, we're going to cover the Pacific real quick. And of course, it's very top heavy. Let's be real. It's it's going to be it's the Warriors. A couple steps below, a few steps below. Um, we got the Clippers. We got the Kings. We got the uh, Suns and the Lakers. Right. So let's hop right into the Warriors, man. Last season, uh, season of highs. I mean, Curry, Curry was just doing things we'd never seen before. He got his second, second MVP. Uh, it was a, a anonymous unanimous what am i doing not not anonymous it was unanimous um him and clay were just breaking all kind of three-point records they they break they broke the wind record with 73 uh they were down 3-1 okc had their their their, their foot on their throat and they pushed them off they they came back from down uh down one three to okc to win that series and then of course is that that one low point i mean it, it you know they historically no team has ever blown a, a 3-1 lead in the finals but you know everything kind of coalesced to the point where that's what happened you could say now, they choked <laughs> you know what, man? I, we're gonna get on that in a minute because that was my thing. And people, you know, it's funny how the sports media world has moved this uh, almost. Uh, I hate to you say the term. No, not politically racist. Everything has to be acceptable and positive. Because I mean, hey, yeah, sure, Steph Curry might not have been right. Sure, uh, Bogut got hurt. Sure, Ibaka. You know, I'm not Ibaka. What am I doing? Iguodala's back. Started acting up. These things all happened, and you know, uh, LeBron James and, and and Kyrie went nuts. But the point. They didn't. Same thing with OKC. They choked. So they choked it away. But now the silver lining of the, this is the best silver line you ever see in your life. You landed Kevin in your Durant life, right? <laughs> in your life. It doesn't make any sense, bro. I mean, I, I was reading your um, I you know, I, I, I did my homework. And I, you even wrote even like I think July 2nd. Yeah, we want Kevin Durant, but don't hold your breath. And then boom, he's there. Um, what is there any comparison in real in like regular life? To this what give me an example what, what what would what would be a a parallel situation like this i mean only thing i can think of is like i don't know uh is like Derek jeter he had all the models so he you know he has i don't know heidi klum and then uh she dumps him but then i mean right behind that he gets I don't tom know. brady right tom brady yeah, yeah exactly uh, it's unbelievable man in, in in any other sports can you think of any other sports situation like this Man, that that's a talent. Who got cut or you know, it didn't work out and then they ended up in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like it had to be a situation like that where somebody was, you know, underpaid, holding out a camp for something on the team. Uh you know what, Anquan Bolden might be in that situation. Uh he just he left the forty niners, uh and he might end up uh, wherever he goes will be better. So it's gonna be tough to find. Because we're not just talking about like an upgrade. Right, we're talking about being at the highest high, falling to the lowest low, and then getting right back up there again. Like that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in life. It doesn't even happen in right. sports. Is a metaphor for life, right? Like it doesn't happen how this happened, especially like in the Bay. People don't even remember hardly that they lost like that, right? <laughs> There's not. That, I mean, that before we can even really struggle. make. Before we could even really make fun of them for losing, you know, because that's the thing. You're right. You went to the high. You st- but before you even hit the bottom of the low, you're right back up there again. Like you know, w- within a month, Durant's like, "All right, I got you guys." That's 
it's just years. unbelievable. Light year stuff right there, but uh, there we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, so, so you wrote a good one, man. About uh, they got they got they got to go to the dark side. You you think the Warriors got to embrace that that the dark side that Darth Vader in them? And this is my thing again. This is we might be you know brothers from another mother because. I keep saying this. I, I watched them. I said, he'll tune. I said, I kept saying, he'll turn soon. Come. I watched when they, they're partying, they're having fun. The Warriors are, you know, crushing teams and dancing. And I get it. They're just having fun. But I think we watched the fans go from, wow, this is a fun team. You know, they're playing, they're playing, um, they're playing the Spurs in the second round and playing them tough. This is fun. And of course, Warriors fans still love it because it went beyond fun to, hey, they won a championship. But I think fans of the other 29 teams stopped seeing it as fun. They're like, man, these dudes are kind of disrespectful. These guys are busting us in the head and they're laughing. You know, it took. You know, I didn't. I didn't see it happen, right? Like, you know, maybe it's one of those situations where you're so far in the forest you don't see the trees. I kind of like it was the Oklahoma City series where it really hit me how hated the Warriors were. And keep in mind, like I'm from Oakland. I grew up on the Warriors. The Warriors have never been relevant enough to be hated, right? Like you gotta, right. you gotta matter to be hated. So for all of my life, to be hated would have been a step up because, like, <laughs> when I went to school in Atlanta, and you said you were the Warriors fan, the common question on the East people would be like, "Where, where is that? Like, where did Golden State play?" And they thought it was LA. People didn't even know where the Warriors played, let alone hate them. So the the view that Oklahoma City had, I was like, "Yo, this is." Like, it's next level. Like, when did the Warriors become hated? But then when you, like, take some time to think about it, it makes perfect sense. They out here blasting dudes and celebrating. And that's like, you know, especially in Hoop, that's the, that's the, the if you do a blueprint for how to be hated, it's that. First off, you're going to be hated if you blast the people anyway. If you blow a team down and you winning big, people going to hate you just like they hated the Bulls, they hated the Lakers. But then if you do it, like, with some swag, like, now, now I, I get it. When people were, it wasn't just that they hated the words. People were, like, pining for them to fall, to fail. It wasn't like, hey, let's beat them. Like, like with San Antonio, right, even though they win a lot, when you beat San Antonio, you still respect San Antonio. It's like, man, we did that. We exactly. became a great, with the words, it's not so much you wanted Oklahoma City to win, or you wanted Cleveland to win, you just wanted to see them fall on their face. That's That was the part where it was like, yo, Cleveland just pulled off some insurmountable, and that really wasn't the conversation. The conversation was the words choked, and they did. That's a fact. But it was just like, wow. Like, that's what that's... people really were happy about, that they took, took the, the biggest L in NBA history. It wasn't that LeBron, for my money, solidified his spot as one of the top players of all time. Like for me, that's the right. story. Like, yo, this is LeBron. Just LeBron just proved his legacy. Like, right, he don't have to do nothing else. LeBron and Kyrie just became a like he came into his own. For me, I'm looking at that like it took something crazy to beat the Warriors. But everybody else, it was just shocking that they were like, finally the Warriors lost. And then you can see this was a chorus around the nation, right? Like everybody was happy about it. It was just so odd to see the Warriors in that light. It was like ding dong, the witch is dead, honestly. And, and, and people were selling. So you absolutely called it, man. So, but here's the question now. Now, and you, you wrote a piece on this, and it's time for them to embrace the dark side. Now, we also, I don't know if you remember, ESPN just did a piece about how Kevin Durant, 
you know, the villain thing, how is he going to adjust? Because, you know, they even talked to a couple of the coaches from Team USA, and they said Kobe would have loved it. Kobe would have just been like, bring it on. But Durant's just not that kind of guy, and they want to see how he's going to adjust to it. You know, Dre's going to love it. Dre's going to play to the he, – he, he's going to soak it up. How do you think the rest of the guys react? How like I think Clay kind of already stepped up in the in the playoffs when he you know he he questioned LeBron LeBron's toughness a little bit. It was you know going back and forth, which was kind of a mistake. I think we we look back now, but he showed he's not scared to. Um, I think St- Steph Curry kind of walks that line where he he's he's a diplomat and he doesn't really like to step out and, and embrace it too much. But what what do you think it's going to be like for the team this year? You know, I think I think you're right. That Draymond will love it. You know, he will eat it up. It will keep him on his toes, especially now because you know his name's so bad in the streets. Like he's gotta. Oh man. You know, he can't do anything, so he's gotta be so on point. Uh, I think Clay will be fine because Clay is like the king of not caring, right? Like he's the most I don't care type dude of I've ever met in the NBA. Uh, he's not at all concerned about what people are saying or the attention. So I could totally see Clay like, whatever, let's go ball, right? Right. The questions I have, Steph and Kevin Durant. I think I know how Steph will respond. I think it almost might be a good thing for him because he, for me, drives better as an underdog. One of the reasons he had such a crazy season was because he felt slighted especially when the players voted James Harden as their MVP. And, you know, Steph, you know, felt like he was the MVP. So I think all of the criticism and people saying they got lucky and all that put like a chip on his shoulder. And I think that this might get him back there, right? This might get him back to the point where he realizes I'm not accepted. Uh, I'm, they don't see me like LeBron anymore, so I got to show him again. But it's still going to be different because – Everywhere he goes for his, you know, for these last two, three years until the playoffs, he was loved. Like, people were there to see him. And he'll still have that, right? Because nine-year-olds still love Steph Curry, and they'll be there. Sure. And their parents still love Steph Curry, so he'll still have the love. So I think I know how he he's going to respond, even though there's some uncertainty there. I really don't know how Kevin Durant's going to respond, and he doesn't strike me as the type who's built for that, right? He's such a, right. like, a cool guy. If you ever talk to him, you feel like, hey, he's a real down-to-earth guy. He's likable, right? He treats you like somebody who wants to be liked. Uh, right. And then you read the reports about him. Like, I'm interested to see how he handles that. Like, it, in some part, his breakup feels like it was a part of, you know, his not wanting to uh, be the villain, be the bad guy. There's times where I feel like he should have been like, Wes, Wes, give me the ball right now. Right? Like, like Debo, that yep. dude for the Rock. Like, I got it. And he didn't, you know, he always rode his rod and dive with Westbrook. He never said anything publicly. Uh, I feel yep. like he liked, he didn't want to. I don't know, does he have it in him? Does he have that? The best thing, though, wow. is he's got at least two other guys on his team who can who be do have that it. guy for him. Yeah, and maybe three if Steph responds like I think he like how I think he responds. But if if Kevin Durant then responds like that, it might be hurt, right? If he somehow got this to kiss all odds, if he, I mean he already got the pot tattoo on his leg now, right? So maybe he is. Which day? What do you think about that? What do you think about that tattoo, man? How you feel about that tattoo? Hey man, it is his body. 
place in the Hamptons for days because I didn't want people to say anything negative to me that and then I remember when uh they were playing the Clippers in the playoffs and and Durant uh Russ was kind of taking over and he was shooting those free throws at the end of the game and Durant sat with his back to the play watching the crowd because he couldn't take watching it those things I'm, I'm gonna be I'll be here the reason I think I, I kind of assigned certain things to Kevin Durant now is because he left and in my head I, I wanted to see him compete versus going join golden state and i'm bummed and i you know I'm, I'm not i'm trying my best not to do the whole stupid uh sports binary thing where it's either he's great or he sucks or he's uh he's built for it or he's not an alpha i'm trying not to do that because he's a human being and, and you know people are complex he, if he's this is his choice and he he made a reason for it that's fine and we're not as competitive as we want them to be because that's, and that's stupid for them for us to think that they will be so i'm not holding it against him but um i think about those things when we talk about this kind of thing man Hey, let's talk about you Steve know, Kerr. Real, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish off the last thought. You know, there's some, there's something there. I, I, here's what I wonder, and part of me, the part of the reason I, I hold off on making the same judgment is that if he really didn't, if he really shot away from it, why would he have left? Because for me, probably the most gangster thing he could have done was be like, I'm out, <laughs> and knowing what he's about to face. So I wonder if, and I always wonder this about Westbrook, right? People love Westbrook because he's so competitive, right? He's so competitive. Really, he's just emotional, right? And you can see his competitiveness. I don't think he's that much more competitive than the, uh, the, the other competitive people who just don't show it that way. But we like our competitiveness to look the same way. We want to do to dunk and go insane. But is he more competitive than him dunking? Like, I'm just dunking it out there, gyrating, you know. It's a different way. You're right. Yeah, so I think maybe what if Durant's competitiveness is just expressed differently? That's the only reason I'm holding off on making the the binary sports argument, right? Like, oh, he just didn't want to compete. Because maybe there's another way than the Westbrook way. And for me, the fact that he made the decision, which – I didn't think he would do. I didn't think he would have the, you know, the heart to do it. And many from yep. the Warriors didn't either. They didn't think he would do it. That took more heart than I think he get credit for because of what we see. We see he knew he's gonna be hating, and he did it anyway. And I thought that was at least I thought he'd get a little extra point for that. Now, see, I'm gonna give one quick other, like you know, a rebuttal. That is that some people. Do say taking the easy way out because instead of being the guy and having the weight of a franchise on his shoulders, he's joining a franchise with with you know three established stars and one established megastar, and so he's kind of just wants to you know yeah he's gonna he'll give you, he'll give you thirty five on a given night, but the nights when he is seven for seven for twenty, he doesn't have to keep shooting because he can say well I'm let Curry, which is it's smart when you think about it right logically it makes sense, 
but the sports fan in this wants to assign something else to it. Um, let's talk. Is that. that exactly so? Um, Steve Kerr, um, let's switch gears a little bit. Steve Kerr, uh, you know, he came back from a, a sounds like a pretty terrible, uh, terrible uh, back, some back issues. Came back halfway through the season, the team was rolling, but because of what he's created, you know, I think they've won 140 of the last, uh, you know, two last two seasons, 140 of 162 games. That's amazing. Uh, he put against something incredible, but he you can find plenty of articles where they were questioning his decision making in the playoffs. Um, some people say he's out, he was out coached by Billy Donovan, Ty Lu. Hey, all the articles, their articles, you know, how he was killing Ty Lu when he was up 3 1, but of course, you know, they turned around and having LeBron James had a lot to do with that. But people question his rotations and some of the things he did. Have your thoughts on him changed at all? Uh, and should they, should, should how he, how he performed in these playoffs affect the way we view him as a coach? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think we missed something in this, this culture we have. Uh, dude, the best people take L's. I don't understand why all of a sudden, if you take an L, it's an indictment on you. I'm, I was just watching the Magic Johnson stuff. Like, they were taking L's. It was Burr and it was Magic, and one of them was winning and the other one was losing. And that's how and they'll it call is. Him, they'll, call him, they'll call him Tragic Johnson. Yeah. They'll call him Tragic Johnson. Yeah, they were, yep. like, yeah so it, for me, like, if you look at this from the perspective of, especially a, a, a guy who grew up on the Warriors, this is what elite franchises have access to. It's these type of levels where failing is so great and success is so great. Like, that's what you right. want from a friend. Get to the point where you can have a loss that's so heartbreaking, like you can't show your face, right? Like, that's, right. that's what the game is. It's not you can have a loss where you don't make the playoffs, but you can have a chance to have it all and then not have it. And if you're there every year, you know, that's, that's the game plan. So Popovich took L's. They won a championship and they lost in the first round the next year to Memphis as a, as a number one seed. So for me, that's part of being elite. It's facing other elites, and it's ridiculous to think you're not going to take an L when you're battling other elites. The only person who didn't go. technically is Jordan. And – he did take an L when he came back. People forget they lost to Orlando when he came back. <laughs> and then hey, the man, next first down, no, we know good and well that he wasn't he wasn't MJ. He, wasn't, he was Michael right? Jeffrey Jordan. Absolutely, he wasn't. And he still was, you know, thinking about curveballs and he was wearing 45, yada, yada. But but you telling me he wasn't in the locker room thinking he took an L? Like, he, you're right. He Jordan took the L. Took, and Jordan took that before L. That, and he took the L before. To the yep, before the first repeat, he lost plenty of times. Yep, you're right. So, so for me, the fact that Steve Kerr has gotten the Warriors to this level, that he's he's there now. Like you don't, it's not it's not about taking him out that level, but that doesn't mean we don't second guess like what he did this actual year. If the Warriors go in this five year stretch, win three titles, we won't be talking about oh, what about Steve Kerr? Is he worth? So we'll be saying yeah. They won three titles in five years, but remember that one year where he choked to put the ceiling. Right, right. No reason, right? Like so, I think we could pick apart what they do without saying, okay, he doesn't deserve, you know, to be in this level. Like Steph, people are like, oh, Steph is not elite. LeBron, LeBron proves he's probably the second greatest player of all time. That's all. That's all proof we got. He did not prove Steph is not elite. 
he proved he's better than Steph. That's fine. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't mean Steph is not elite. It's like Magic lost the bird and the bird came back and people that that's what we do. Now if the Warriors right. come back and beat LeBron again, this we'll be talking about this in twenty years. Like remember LeBron and Steph used to do better every year? And you telling me that Steph would have been in that conversation when, when in two thousand ten? Who had that? Like, oh, they went back and forth for three or four years. Steph wasn't even supposed to be in a conversation. I just don't like this this culture we're in, like where if you lose you're done, you're terrible, that you win, you're elite. It was crazy when we did it to LeBron. That dude is legend. He was legend when he lost right. in 2011. He was legend when he got swept by the Spurs. Right? He's never not been legend. It's crazy to, to, to say the other thing. And if he, he could lose, he could get swept in the next 10 finals. And for me, number two all time. Just, it's not even a conversation for what he just did. So that's how I look at it. Like Steve Kerr is an elite coach. He's proven that. But he made three or four moves really like uh, that he would probably not do again if he had to hit right. it all over again. He wouldn't do it. Okay, and you know what, man? You make you raise a good point about our society where we you you, you judge the cake before it's even baked. You're looking through the window and thinking, all right, that's, it's ugly. It's not cause there's no frosting on it yet. It's not roll. It hasn't risen yet, but you're already oh, I'm judging biting it. That line. I'm biting that. Where do you get that from? There you go. <laughs> I just ate. Wrapped off my head, baby. Wrapped off my head. Yeah, we. Because I mean, you're right. Because his legacy is not even done. Like even with Braun, back in remember back in 2011, after his uh, debacle against Dallas, and people, oh, he can't. He'll never win a big one. He'll, I mean, I'm talking these people. He'll never win a big one. He doesn't have the guts. And here we are, you know, three rings later. Oops. So yeah, I think the, I think people most, are too on the most gutsy one too, right? On the most, yep. like You don't get more guts than that. Like that. That was a takeover. That like that. That's so, like worth. A new Jay Z song type takeover, right? <laughs> Take you got it. You're right, man. So that's the thing we got. I think as 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 writers and fans and bloggers, we got to try to maybe stop doing that. But honestly, let's be real. It, it drives it drives content, and people want to. Oh yeah. Sometimes right. people people love hot takes. Oh, so all right. Ne- another question. I got to pick it up a little bit because we could talk about the Warriors this whole podcast, and then all the fans right. of the other teams in Pacific like, damn, that's messed up. Um. Okay. So. The Warriors, they lost Barnes, they lost Bogut, they lost Spice, they lost Barbosa, which, hey, you got Kevin Durant, so that's a pretty, that's a pretty good trade-off. Uh, the bench is David West, Pachulia, Livingston's still there, Iggy's there, Varjow, Ian Clark. We know the younger boys, Pat McCall, McAdoo, they're not going to really play that much. Okay, so that's the bench. Will that bench be uh, – is that bench production going to be enough? And does that even matter? Because my thing with that's just fa- that's just fascinating with me about Golden State is that any given moment, you can have an all-star on eight minutes because and, – and for the most part, you can probably have two on the floor for, you know, 36 to, to 40 of those minutes. That's just amazing to me. So we'll, two-part question. Will that bench be able to give you enough? And even if that bench can't, does it really matter? Because once the playoff shorten the rotation anyway, it doesn't really matter. So so talk to me about that. I don't I don't know about the bench. That's not a big question, Mark. But and, and I don't think it matters. I think you're right. So just stagger the lineups, uh, you know, and have make sure you got Steph or KD on the floor at all times with Clay and Draymond. So I don't think it matters, but it matters in this sense, right? The the, the regular season is irrelevant for the Warriors except for Absolutely. playoff preparation, right? And so right. the question is, do you burn these guys out before they get to the playoffs? You don't want to do that, which means you need a you need a viable bench. So. 
I think they'll be fine. I think the the bench is fine. I think it's a misnomer that last year's bench was all that. It wasn't. And I think that Thank they you. got exposed for that in the playoffs. Because Thank those you. Because the reason yep. he started putting the Texas at the wrong time because he ain't got nobody else. Now, he should have went to Livingston, but the point is those dudes, he don't know where he's going to get from them from night to night. I think there might be more of that. Like, I think it'll be some times where the bench looks solid and you like, they got names and David West is going to look great and Iguodala and Livingston. You're like, oh, they got a bench. And then there's going to be some nights where you're like, okay, how long are you going to leave Steph out? And that's the part people exactly. miss. There were so many games where it's like, okay, Steve Kerr, when Steph getting back in, when Clay come back in, because the bench yep. can't score. So I don't know how they're going to get busted. I don't know. Uh, and what, This is what we'll learn. Like, what did is, what is Steve Kerr take from that? Because that, that chase for 73, he said it does matter, right? He said it didn't matter, it didn't hurt them. But does he rest guys and take L's that he otherwise wouldn't take? Because he's leaving a bitch out there long and too long, right? Some of those times, some of those games is going to look like, all right, Steph's supposed to come in at the six-minute mark, but the lead is dwindling and it's eight minutes left. Do you, do you keep Steph out for those two minutes and lose the game potentially? Or do you bring Steph back in? If he if he takes those L's, that's probably the best thing because you need to save these right. guys for the end of the year. But can he do it, right? Can he just right. say, all right, all right, let's go, go get McCall. Or you let McCall take his love. Hey, you know what? Pride is a pride is pride is a mother, and I know I think I think that again logically logically matter. But when it's it's right within their grasp, he's gonna look at Steph. That's gonna look at him, and he's like, "You good?" Steph's like, "I'm good," and he's gonna be right back in. And and that's what I think. My next, I was actually flow right to my next question. Do you think they should chase six seventy four? Because I've already seen the prognostication; they can win seventy four, and you know. I, I'm with you. I think in the finals they were they were kind of they were just kind of kind of uh tired. I mean, there's, there comes a point where you can't recover because you just you've done a lot. And yes, they they play those guys short minutes. That's a long season. It's a lot of games. So, do you think it should even be an option to cross Steve Kerr's mind right now? Hey, we might win 74, or should they yeah, right around February start? You know, hey, Durant, you can sit for two games. Russ, KD, I mean, KD, you can sit for two games. Hey, Clay, you can have a week off. What do you what do you think? I think I think seventy four ain't even in their mind, and I think here's gonna be the key. It was Draymond and a little Steph driving the seventy three last time. They were the ones saying, "Steve, we want to go for this. We want to get this," because they were bent on proving all of the naysayers wrong. All the people who said they got lucky, so they were going for marks to shut people up. Now, I don't think they'll say that, right? I think now, right. having taken that historic L, I think now they know, well, we need to go for the big picture so there won't be that pressure. With that said, what if them jokers get 73, 74 by resting people, <laughs> right? What if, what if they still win if they, like, give a direct a week off and play a week off? Man. I wouldn't be too shocked. <laughs> but it's, I don't it's, think it's, 74 is going to be a conversation at all. I think they know it's championship. We're we're about to see something we've never seen before, man. You got two like two recent MVPs in their prime. It's, we're gonna see some amazing things, man. So go ahead, give me give me give the people a quick. What do you think they finished with? Let's say they 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 play it kind of conservative 65. towards the end. I say sixty five. Six, I think they 65. get the one seed. They win sixty five games. They get the one seed. Uh, 
I, I just feel like, man, it's kind of cold-blooded just to be able to sit Steph and run KD and then that's sit true. KD and run Steph. I, that, that's just <laughs> that's just ungodly, man. That's I feel like they're going to win 15 games just because they can do that anyway, right? Yep. Uh, and they're, they're a 60-win team, like, without KD. They were a 60-win team with their core. Uh, so I feel like they'll get 65, but I think they're going to rest a lot of people. I think they'll, they'll be some kind of injury. Uh, they got three guys playing Team USA. If you look at it, Draymond and Clay, they've been going long for four years now, right, playing playoffs, Western Conference finals, uh, semis, you know, playing that rough series against the Clippers and the Donald Phillips. Like every year they're playing these fight to the death type series, and then they had two finals runs in the Game 7, and then Team USA, like, it would be realistic to think either one of them either, they need to rest a lot, or they're going to get hurt over the course no, of I'm the season, so... I'm not going to live right, right now, right, man. I, I want to see him healthy. I'm not, I'm not going to live. That's why they need to rest them dudes. You know, I think they're going to rest. I think they're going to sit them out, so I'll say 65 just because you just won't have 80, 74 games where all four All-Stars are playing. I think especially okay. come September, you know, you might if, – if Clay says anything like, oh, my knee is feeling a little weak, right, <laughs> sit down. If Steph is like, oh, I feel this, you know, it's not even a question. Sit down. Last year, Steph used to fight to get back in the game, to politic and lobby and, right. and beg. All that's out. It's like sit down and rest. We don't need you. We can win 65 games with three of you instead of four. So I don't think they'll get close. I, I think they won't get close for that, and that's smart because in the right. end, they're going to have to answer to Kyrie and LeBron, <laughs> period. And so you better be ready because be- those dudes have clearly shown. They, yeah, and Love, I think Love might have a uh, – he's, he's going to have a bounce back year. So just to be contrary, I'm going to throw in 60 – I'm going to throw in 67. I think they're going to win 67 without breaking the sweat because – uh, and I, I got a feeling you know you got a seventy four. Don't oh, I can't don't do go. it, man. I I, I I'll admit I was I was one of the people who thought it was foolish to call seventy three. I because I, I saw Matt Moore and those kind of guys early in the season. Oh, they they're gonna break that record easy. I'm like, it's not happening because you know I'm a big MJ Bulls fan back in the day, but it didn't happen. It happened. They 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 got the record. So I'm I'm just gonna they call sixty seven. The they still not better Thank than you. the Bulls team though. Now like, now this year they might. Let me ask you this: This year, do they have? They might. They they got a chance. We're gonna come back to that one, man. We're gonna have another podcast just on that one in the season, just on that one. Have a, uh, a podcast. Right. Let's move on to the Clippers, that man. Let's move on to the Clippers. Go ahead. We're gonna do it, me and you. So the Clippers, um, two top ten players. Uh, I, I'm I'm saying Blake and CP3 are top ten. I'm gonna say DeAndre is a role player. I know he's making big star money, and people want to say he's a role player, great role player. Him and JJ Redick are great role players. Jamal Crawford is, you know, I'm not a big fan of his game, but whatever. Score off the bench. They got a coach who's supposedly great. Doc was at all the accolades coming out of Boston. What's missing in Clipperland? Because I think everyone is basically saying, of course, Golden State. Then they got the Spurs. And then, hey, oh, yeah, and the Clippers. And they're considered, you know, second. If they make the West Conference Finals, then Eva will clap for them. Nobody seems to believe in the Clippers. What's going on? If they make the West Finals, that would be an improvement, right? They ain't never done it. (laughs) It will. It will. That would be a win. But the problem with the Clippers is the coach, and they need a third score, and they just they just don't have one. Uh, and they their second score is just far too predictable. But number one, I don't. I just don't like Doc Rivers' lineups. 
I don't, I don't like how he manages his players and the shots they get. It's, I think he works against them. I just do. I think he uh, he plays bad combinations together. He forgets about defense. Uh, he he. I mean, it's just he for me. When you start talking about the elite coaches, he's not making the moves to put the Clippers over the top. Guys like Popovich, guys like Steve. Uh, I'm sorry, Terry Stott, Steve Kerr. Like they're making moves and changing and and have systems that take what they have and kind of propel it. Uh, and when yes. you're seeing guys like Draymond, who nobody thought would be an all-star, now being in position to be an all-star. Guys like Clay in position to become an all-NBA player. The, you know, Bogut, who, you know, has his issues in position to maximize his strength. Like, that's what your coach is supposed to do. And I don't see that with the Clippers, right? I see a lot of standing around. I see a lot of lineups where you're like, what are you doing? Uh, well, I think Blake should play more more center. If you go play him, you might as well put him at a spot where he can flourish. It's just yep. some of those lines, I don't, I don't know if he works for them. I think he's an impediment. And I also believe they just don't, they need another guy who gets buckets. Chris Paul is your best scorer, and that might be a problem. Right? And See, you need three dudes. They just showed this in the final. You either need three dudes or you need two dudes who are insane to win the title. The Warriors had Steph wasn't working, Clay wasn't working, and they needed one, they needed one more shot and couldn't get it. And no, I want to say I want to. I want to say the problem there. I'm gonna say the problem there is that I, I think their best score should be and is Blake Griffin. I think there's a there's a there's a uh, conflict of interest because Chris Paul is going to think I'm the best player on the floor. I need the ball in my hands to be to be effective. I'm the point guard. And I think for that team to be the best they could be, Blake Griffin needs to take control of that ball and have the ball 60, 65% of the time when he's on the floor. And that'll never happen because Chris Paul in his head is, you know, and he, he is, he's, he's an elite player. But I think there, that's there's a, even though it's not maybe beef, I think for that team to be the best it can be, it would have to be more Blake Griffin-centric, and Doc will never do that. I think you, you called it and just you right. And you got to take DeAndre off the floor because that means – there's no space in the key, so he becomes a jump shooter, and he's guardable. Even though his jumper is coming, he's guardable. You need to open up the floor and let Blake work. You can't – if he's the focal point, DeAndre Jordan is just in the key, and it's clogging up the space. you gotta, you got to pick away. But for me, the worst thing that happened to them was DeAndre Jordan coming back because he's good, but based on their lineup, that's the way it's set up. The, if Blake is the best player – he needs to be playing five, and we're seeing that's the way the, the league is going. No center, your four is your five, and your three is your four. But they're playing a true five and a true four, and the true five can't step out of the key. So You can't be more than three away from the basket. Yep. Yeah. If Blake is the guy, then he's good. By virtue of DeAndre George's presence, he's become the, uh, a, a, a mid-range shooter uh, and teams are take that off there. I thought the Warriors are like, yeah, guard him one on one, you know, force him to take the jumper, and if he makes it, he makes it. You'll live with that, and that's a in the playoffs. That's a that's a defeatable strategy. Is Blake Griffin taking jumpers and going ISO? They need to get yeah. <laughs> DeAndre yep. out of there, you know, wow. or or get Blake. One one or two got to happen. I'm with you. I think Blake is an elite scorer. I just don't like the way he's used. Uh, exactly. And, 
I want to see him. I want to see him carry. Like, all right, I got this. And I don't think you could do that with Chris Paul. But even then, like JJ Redick is getting too many shots. <laughs> and he's, you know, it, I like JJ Redick. He just never makes the shots you gotta have. That's what I'm like. He doesn't scare teams. Teams are like, all right, if I got a double to help and run out to JJ Redick, I, I, I'll good. live with that. You know, I'll be all right. He, he might make one. I'll, I'll live with Austin Rivers having to hit the shot, right? You, they don't scare teams like that. Uh, and I, right. even J.R. Smith, right? You know, you know, J.R. Smith get going, it's over, right? Like, even though he's right. kind of like all over the place, he still scares you because if you hit two, you can't stop that dude, right? It's just like he's going to hit nine and now you're in score. trouble. So, yeah, right? So, Reddick, like, who scares you on the Clippers? Like, who makes you change your defensive game plan? Like, in a seven-game yep. series, the question is, will your system work? And against the Clippers, the answer is normally yes. If we just stick to it. what we do, it's going to work. And they, like with LeBron, he can break that. right? Kyrie can break that. Steph can break that. They don't have anybody who can break that, not with the lineup. And they certainly, for me, for my money, they don't have the coach who can take non-Hall of Famers and make them play better. Because DeAndre George is not yeah. a Hall of Famer. Right? No, sir. <laughs> he, he so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. And when he was with so the Celtics, of course. Blake, and, um, and that's my net. That's another question. I right, we got that on the, on the docket here. Let's talk about it right now because him and if I'm correct, him and Chris Paul both have opt outs next summer. Um, yep. I think Doc Rivers has kind of uh, GM'd himself into a corner where they didn't have a lot of money this offseason. They pretty much all, all they could do was overpay their own guys. That's why you know, or pay their own guys. That's why and give guys like most bites. And, and Ray Felton contracts and Brandon Bass. These are these are rotation players. These aren't aren't. They're not going to move the needle. You know, I like Allen Anderson a lot, but I mean, it's, it's, he's not going to be a difference maker, is he? You know, yeah, Wes like, Johnson. When you say I like Allen Anderson, like your options are, <laughs> you ain't scared. Exactly. Nobody. You know he's a nice player, and, and you ain't scared nobody with that. And that's exactly what Doc Rivers has done with this roster, where it's it's he's he's put himself in a, in a box where they he didn't have money to make moves. They don't have pieces other teams want. So now what are you going to do next summer when Chris, Paul, and Blake are both up for uh, as free agents? Because, I mean, this this will be, what, year five or six with them two together? Sooner or later, you got to kind of say, okay, well, what, what are we doing? I don't feel they have a good, uh, a strong identity. I don't feel like they have a, a strong following. What kind of – what would they have to do to – to I, for not just Doc, but from your perspective, say you're Doc Rivers. What would they have to do this season for you to say, okay, I will break the bank to keep both of you guys – to, with DeAndre Jordan, and we can you show me something this year that tells me we can can challenge the upper echelon in the coming coming future. If they keep those three, if they keep, I think the choice is they got to decide on one of those. If they keep all three, Paul Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, then the other two they have to be better. They need they need a, a three, and they need a two. I mean, those two have to be able to get you buckets. Especially they have to be able to spread the floor. And I don't know who they even have at three now. Like, it's been Jeff Green and Paul Pierce. I think and, it, it, like, all of these it's people. Luke. Who is it? Luke, Mab- Luke Mabute, whatever. Uh, I'm, and, I'm and butchering Mabute, his name right now. Yeah. See, that, yep. You can't have that kind of three. So, if they're going to keep those three, they need to go out and get Number one, you get somebody who can get buckets against anybody, any defense, right? It doesn't matter. Right. Because in the end, the bottom line is they got two guys 
who they can rely on to score in the starting lineup. I mean, rely on. And the third, you know, DeAndre Jordan, he's just not an offensive here. He's not going to get you offense. So they got They need somebody else. J.J. Reddick is a spot-up shooter who here and there can do something for you. But if he has a great game, it's 15 points, right? Who's going to get exactly. you 30? And that, that's the problem with it. Draymond Green had 32 in game seven. <laughs> that's, the, that's like the fourth score on the team, right? That's and if crazy. Barnes gets all his open shots, he might get 30. They need another dude who could get him 30. They don't have that. Yep. Like, yep. even Jamal Crawford at 36, he might be the best option to get him 30. And that's uh, off the pitch, right? So it's like, I they need another dude. I can't stand his game. I can't stand Jamal's game. I can't stand his game. I like Jamal. Uh, how do you I, like I think, the 96 Bulls and you can't stand Jamal's game? Because he's – no, my thing is he's fun to watch, all right? It's fun to watch him shake and bake, and when he's when he's cooking, it's good to cook. Now, let's look at it, though. For the last two or three years, or probably more than that, he's been a net negative on the court, and he's shooting, like, sub 40%, and, that like, it's cool when it's working, but it doesn't work more than it works, <laughs> and – you know, so that's my thing with Jamal, man. I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth him. Let's before we leave the Clippers real quick. Do me a favor and let's try to find something positive they did this off season. Can you think of anything they did? What's what's a silver lining for season? Uh, Bryce Johnson might be pretty good. The the draft. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> All right. I mean, take what you can get. Take what you can get. Um. Oh, let me I think. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. Here's what positive. Here's what positive happened for the Clippers. Kevin okay. Durant left. So one less team for them to, you know, have That's... to be afraid of. So okay. they really should have the number three seed, like with with ease. And they probably uh, would have had it, you know. Anyway, that, that, that's as positive I can get. Really, they got Chris Paul. I've, I've... He's still good. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I'll say this: as long as you have two players like Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, you're going to be in almost every ball game. You know, you all you will be in every ball game. Um, things have to break just right for them. Like something would have to knock on wood, a serious injury to one of the guy teams in front of them. They could, they could, you know, hey, you keep it together for this reason. Anything could happen. But yeah, so you know, we never answered the question. What what kind of season would they have to keep this core together? What what do you what do you think? Let's say what's their upper, what's their ceiling as far as their the 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 everything goes right, and then what do you think they end up with this year? If everything goes right, I think they can get to the West Finals and lose to the Warriors. If everything goes okay. right, uh, I think if somehow they ended up with San Antonio in the West Finals, they could probably get lucky uh, because the pace they can probably they can, they might be able to outrun. Even though in the playoffs they just abandon it and just become a half court team, but if somehow they figured out how to run and do what Oklahoma City did to San Antonio, they might. If everything breaks right, I don't see them getting past the Warriors. Uh, under that's just a bad matchup because they're they're two of their best matchups might they might not even win it right. Chris Paul might right. not dominate Steph at at very best he might break even with Steph and Blake Griffin with KD that might break even right and maybe then the Warriors got Clay and Draymond or maybe they might even lose those matchups exactly but, uh, they're going they to okay. losing them yeah right so. I just don't see them getting past the Warriors. So if they got to the West Finals and and lost to the Warriors, that might that's the best case scenario for them. Uh, but it's only and and then it'll be good because they'll see they'll get to see like man, it's next level to win a title. Like there's great and then there's championship. There's just another level. 
and they can't get to that other level with the players they have. The reason Cleveland won is because Kyrie reached another level. Like, we watched him take yep. another step. The Clippers him and LeBron like did some amazing things. Yeah, LeBron, was, yep. uh, you know, LeBron, we've seen him do amazing things, right? So we aren't that surprised by it. But right. for me, Kyrie, I'm like, I didn't, think, I didn't think he had that. I didn't think he had it. He took, we watched him happen. But they had one guy do it. The Clippers need, like, they need Austin Rivers to take, like, two steps. And J.R. Reddick to take another step. And DeAndre Jordan. They need, like, five dudes to do it. <laughs> oh, you, you, oh, so you're an Austin Rivers fan, right? My bad. No, I'm not. Up. Nah, he can, he can go to hell. Uh, so I'm going to say, yeah, a positive. <laughs> I think, I think Brandon, Brandon Bass is a pro's pro. I, oh, I can't they stand got most. Brandon Bass. That's right. They did, yeah. And look, man, I know Mo Spice might be your boy, but I can't I can't stand this game. I think he's gonna not but either way, uh Brandon Bass is gonna be a pro's pro. I think uh man, they know that they Mo have buckets. to if Mo Buckets is in shape, he's gonna get buckets. He just gotta be in shape. But so he's, he's shape, not gonna get so hey, he'll spread the floor. So he's not gonna get buckets then is what you're telling me, because he's not gonna be in shape. Um so give me a, give me a, alternates every other year. He's he in shape, so this might be the year. Okay. Give me a, give me a win loss record for the clips. Uh, I think they'll go 55. I I can see them getting 55. They got uh, they got must... a regular season team. They have a really good regular season team. They'll win games just because Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, right? Uh, yeah. They, they they'll do that. I see. I don't know. The question is how good Houston is. Uh, and you know what? The bottom of the West is going to be better. So some of those wins aren't going to be like the easy wins they once were. Uh, Utah should be better. You know, Minnesota's going to be a problem. You know, even Sacramento might be, you know, nope. more of a – Nah, nope. they're not going to win, but they might be able to put up more of a fight. <laughs> they're not going to win, but you you might win by 10 instead of 20. So Okay, I give you I know, that. There's still some built-in wins for them. There's still some built-in wins that the Clippers will be able to get just because they're more talented. In the end, if you're more talented in the regular season with all the – it matters. Stipulations of back to back. Yeah, you know they'll they'll just fifty five. They'll they'll be they could be the number three seed. I, I could see them being better than Houston and right behind yeah. San Antonio for the three seeds. I think that's about maybe unless Portland. You know people are hype on Portland. Uh, if Portland makes a surge, they could probably knock them down the floor. But the Clippers should be a, a, a home court in the first round type of team. Like no excuse for that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm gonna give them. Uh, I'm feeling generous. I'm gonna give them 58. Uh, I think they're gonna, like you said, they're regular season team. They're, go, they're, they're going to, they're going to go on a streak that's like they're gonna win 20 out of 23 games. They're gonna, they might win 30 yeah, out of 35 yeah. at one point. But like, they, like you said, they don't have that extra playoff gear. They just don't. And like you said, other teams know if we just keep doing what we're doing, we can, we can crack this egg. And they, honestly, last year was it was bad luck that Blake and and uh, CB3 got hurt because they, I think last year they would have gave. The Warriors a good run when Steph, you know, a little hobbled. So it that that that, that hurt for them. I think that I think that's a team that like especially the previous Warriors, like not before KD. That's funny how we're gonna look at Warriors life like you know pre KD and, <laughs> and and post KD. But before KD, I always thought I said this all along that the Clippers are a team that could give the Warriors problems. They usually don't because the Clippers don't have their life together. But if they somehow right. got their life together, they have they have a point guard who can match Steph, and they got a, a bona fide like all star scorer who can get buckets. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, if you make it close, and then it's about making plays at the end, and that's where the Clippers usually fall apart. But 
I always felt like they got the and then the beef is there, right? The animosity and the history. Oh yeah, that type of stuff. That stuff makes makes some teams play better, right? Like it, it should help you. Sometimes it help Cleveland, right? So you throw all those little factors in. They don't have to travel far. You know, it's like maybe in the perfect storm, I felt like they could give the Warriors problems. And every time I say that, they choke. They fall apart. They're like the Dodgers. Wow. Y'all hear y'all hear the man. That's that's at Marcus Thompson Scribes. At, at Thompson Scribes. fans out there. Yep. Was, at Tom, yeah, at Thompson Scribes. You guys talk to him, man. You Dodgers fans, go ahead and uh, hit him up on Twitter. Talk to him by the way he's talking about your boys. Um, so okay. that's it. Yeah. You, you no, you, you got fifty five. I got fifty eight. Okay. Well, hold on. What the three seed get last year? The Warriors. Had I think this might be. San Antonio had sixty nine. Yeah, you might be right. It might be like 50, 58. They went. So 60, that's me. They? They, that, yeah. Um, last year, let's see what they won last year. Yeah. Um, last they, year the Clippers won. They were three C, right? Uh, the Clippers. Who's the three C last year? Was the Clippers in Portland? Last year, no. Thunder was three C. Fifty five wins. Oh yeah, Thunder. Yeah, so fifty five. Yeah. There you go. And then that's the Thunder fifty five, and the Clippers only won fifty three last year. So, uh, but that's Blake, 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 Blake missed a lot of time. So, um, plus, plus the Warriors won seventy three games, which won't happen again. So some of those come back to the back. There you go. So I, yeah, I'm, I'll just give them fifty eight. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be yeah. re- reinvigorated. I think Blake's gonna want to reestablish himself. Um, and yeah, they yeah, they they're the three C, but it's not right now. It's Golden State's healthy. Doesn't I don't think it really matters, which is scary. Um, let's, let's knock out the Kings, man. So. The, the the good boogie's only 26 last year he put up almost 27 12 and 3 uh almost blocking half a game and guess what for the next couple of years he's making the same amount of money as timothy mosgall that's nuts to me on the on the negative side he averaged almost four turnovers a game which for a big man is horrible he shot 45 percent which for a seven footer is horrible um and we, we know the, the blow-ups and the attitude questions are, are well documented He's an unrestricted free agent in two years, right? So they got they got two summers to do something in Sacramento. Does this franchise move forward with Boogie and 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 how Boogie's going to affect either this franchise or his next team? Is he is he an elite player or as somebody asked me on Twitter, um, we can we can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, my man here asked me, uh, what's his name? My man Carter Carter Landis uh, three at Carter Landis three says. If DeMarcus Cousins gets traded to a contender, is it like Kevin Love 2.0? Meaning, does he get to a new team and we think, wow, those those numbers didn't mean anything. He's not the player we thought. I think Boogie is elite without question. Like, just sheer talent. He's the best center in the NBA, period. I don't even okay. think he's close. For me, the issues are, you know, mental. Like, are his emotional issues and – like his work environment. For me, Boogie and John Wall like are the type of dudes they just need to get out of where they are. They need to go to a better environment because it's like they're wasting elite talent. Uh and Boogie's just he gotta go. The the, the Kings need to trade him because like his value is probably never gonna be higher. Like don't don't leave him around so he can punch somebody in the face and drop his stock, right? <laughs> get yeah. him out of here. While he's high, get all you can for him and try to rebuild from there. And that's one of those situations where, you, you know, you look in at, y'all look at each other and be like, it's best if we just break up. For both of yeah. us, right? We, 
we all need to break up because if that you put you put that dude with with Terry Stotts in Portland, like with Dame Lillard, are you kidding me? With that talent, uh, the problem with the, the the Kings is who gonna tell Boogie what to do there? Yep. <laughs> and who got the pedigree? Who got the credibility to be like, all right, here's what you got to do, and I know because I've done it. Like I've been there. Right. I've been, uh, like he's all NBA already. So who who's got a championship? To tell him what to do. He, yeah, he's man. Been around nobody like that. So put him with it. some. Put him in Dallas with Rick Carlisle. What? I feel like if that dude got some coaching, man, and, and, and was in an environment that was productive, I just, man, for me, he's hands down the most talented center in the NBA. Uh, and it's best for both if he just go. Because what, what could you get for him right now? Like, literally, you could get picks, young talent. You get, Dallas will give you – you get look, you get Harrison Barnes right yeah. now. Yeah. Hey, Dallas will give Harris. You you could probably give them a used a used 1998 Corolla, and they give up Harrison Barnes right now. It's funny, man, because they they had to pay him. So here's here's my thing. Here's my thing with Boogie, though. That's my homie. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. That's your that's your. Oh no, you know what? He's a he's a great. He seems like all all accounts great guy. I just I mean, hey, the market set the the value, and they paid it. So what can you say, right? My thing with Boogie is like um. You, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Sacramento has him for two years. They can't move him next summer because it's going to be the same case with Russ, like this year, where it was like teams like, I'm not going to trade for him if he might leave next summer. They kind of, if they're going to move him, they need to start looking at it now while there's two years on the books, right? So the team can try yep. to convince him to stay. So whoever gets um, him gets two years of him. Yeah. I, I think Sacramento fans, you know, I think they a lot of Sacramento fans love him. It seems like he he likes Sacramento from what I hear. I'm, I haven't really read too much about anything negative he says. And he seems to be all in, so that's good. Now, here's what here's the problem with Sacramento, and we just talked about it because that 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 team, man, Rondo, he did he had the best season of his career under Rondo. Rondo's gone. Bellinelli was there as as an outside shooter. They moved him for a, for um for a pick. Seth Curry gone. Um, they brought in they brought in a Matt Barnes, uh, a flaw a flawlow. I think has kind of hurt his stock last couple of years with his attitude and, and some of the things he said. Anthony Tolliver's legit floor stretcher, but he's they already got. They got Scal Labissier this year, uh, Papa Giannis this year, Willie Colestine's in town, Costas Kouvis is in town. You got like 50 bigs. They only have one point guard, Darren Collison, who's actually, you know, wrapped up in a defensive violence case. It, it, and he's been the point. He's been a backup. He's been the best at the backup of his whole career. How does how does new coach David uh, – I don't even pronounce his name. I only read it. David Yorger. Yeager. How does he – Jaeger, there you go. Hey, this is quality radio right here. I'm mispronouncing everything. Right, right. I know coaching matters, and he showed he was a, a quality coach in Memphis. Do you think he has enough cachet, like you said, enough? Is he Has he done to maybe pull this team together? I think he has. He's coached Mark Gasol, so that's, that's not nothing, right? And if you were mapping out, like, what you want to see from, from Boogie, like the mm-hmm. is a good barometer. Be somebody who can dominate on both ends of the floor, right? Uh, and right. then you look at his bread and say, and and here's the reward. And they've been to the West Finals, you know. They've they've okay. been a solid team, so that that's something. Uh, and you know what, Boogie can move better than Marcus All, and that's part of one of the reasons it didn't work for Jaeger in Memphis is because he wanted to 
he wanted to pick up the pace when they just didn't have the personnel for it. So maybe he, maybe his system could thrive with a big man who could move a little bit better. But I still don't think it's enough because who on the roster? You know, you know, this the coaches that stuff sound good, but uh, you could look at Steve Kerr and Draymond and, and see how like just because the coach say something don't mean. It's going to get done. It's the locker room that you need. You need somebody yep. in that locker room who got to control. And I think Jaeger, while he might help and his system might be more palatable, uh, and he could, you know, drop some markers off. In the end, somebody got to be able to stand in front of Boogie and be like, hey, get it together, homie. Like, you know, look him in the eye, stand in front of his face, not be scared because he having a tantrum and be like, it's about to go down like this, right? And you're going to listen to me because – you know I know what I'm talking about, right? And I don't think he has yeah. that. There's nobody in that locker room, when, especially when he's getting all, you know, in his feelings, to be like, hey, this, this is not how it's about to go. And Draymond has that in Steph. Like, somebody to be like, look, dude, right? That's it. Here's about, you, yeah. you know, you know, you got to have that in a locker room, especially with those type figures, you know. You better believe Jordan was in Robin's face. Like, hey, homie, <laughs> here's, right. about, here's how it's about to happen. And until he gets that, I don't think it matters. I think he's going to be great, and he's going to have his blow-ups. Really, you manage your blow-ups, right? That's really what you are you talking about at best. Yep. That's all you can do. Talk about the time he's falling apart and he's getting emotional and things ain't going well. Who's going to handle yep. him at that point? I'm not sure Jaeger's the answer, right? Is he going to stand in front of him? Like, what? <laughs> That's, I, don't, I, I don't know tell- if he's going to do it. Can you find can you find logic in them having one, two, three, four other center forwards behind Boogie? So there's literally five, I mean, five big men. This is a legit big man. And Anthony Tolliver is gonna be six. Can you see any logic in that? I mean, I, I my unless, thing is like I'm unless I'm thinking maybe somebody said, maybe uh somebody said, Hey, I'll give you this guy if you give me four big. And they stocking up big so they can make this trade. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know what they're I doing. Mean, it almost seems like they're stockpiling thinking – I'm thinking they might be thinking about moving Boogie. And they're like, well, we it got – we got, we got, like, If you're you know? doing that, yeah. We got, we got so. a fallback plan. And then you trade Boogie and get you some perimeter. And, you know, That's the smart move for me. That's the smart move. Like, how long has Boogie so. been in the league? It's not going to work. It's, it's not going to work. It's been like six. Yeah, it's been – I think this be. I think this is year seven for him right now. Um, so, let's, let's – let's, let's, again, I want to – I don't want to leave on a sour note with the Sacramento Kings. My bright spot, I'm high on Willie Cauley-Stein. I, I think he can be a player. I think he just needs minutes. Um, I, I like Isaiah Cousins and, and Malachi Richardson. I think those three should be a little silver lining for the for the fans out there. Can you give me a positive or two for the, the Sacramento Kings in the coming year? Well, I'm, Willie Cauley-Stein, I love him. I love him. I think yep. he's a better – I think he's going to be a better version of DeAndre Jordan. Uh, nice. Because he can he, – he, he probably got a little bit better touch. Uh, and, and you know what? He probably uh, is going to make as much as DeAndre Jordan, considering this new cap. So he probably won't oh, yeah. be dominant on that end of the court. But I, I like that. You know what? And they got a new stadium. And if, if you're going to move to Sacramento, right, a stadium it, it will matter. Facilities will matter. It should help them bring in some young guys. Uh, I just feel like if they, just, if they stop trying to be a team that is – Let's get this eight seed, y'all, right, and just start over. Yep. I think they'll be in better shape than what they act. They actually aren't that terrible. They're not like a team where you look at them like the Lakers and it's like, what is what is we going to do, right? That, that, right? I don't think they look like that. 
I think they got a few pieces. And if they just said, all right, let's let's figure out a new strategy and put together a modern team that's like built to win in today's NBA, I think they'd be at a really great starting point because they got they got some nice young pieces. They got like 20 young pieces, right? And they're going to obviously at least four, if 25% of their youngsters stand out, they are right. Because they got like 20 of them jokers, right? So they, if they, you can call yeah. nine and a couple others to stand out, you you good, man. You looking like Minnesota, Minnesota did. Minnesota All right, now let's let's calm down. Let's calm down with like Minnesota. I get what you're saying. I like the enthusiasm okay. here, but let's 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 throttle back just a so little you, bit. Um, so you saying you saying they don't have a car, Anthony Towns? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, they got the Willie Carly Stein. Not Anthony Towns. That's fine. That's fine. So here's I'm my question: the then. They went. They won 33 last year. It's 40. Wow. Really? Heck no, man. Heck no. No. I just... I think 26 and 56. That's I was going to hang up the phone. I was going to hang up the phone on you if you said 40 for 40. real. Um, nah. Yeah. This is going to get yeah. ugly with Boogie. It's going to get ugly. Think about this. He just got – he's playing right now with Team USA. He might be one of the worst players on the team, like as far as production and all that. Like he's looking everywhere he go. When he's on the court, he's like the fifth option, right? Yeah. And he's about to go play in Sacramento. <laughs> Durant, Clay, Melo, DeRozan, like you know, he's got all these dudes around him to the point where he's like, man, I'm just like, I'm kind of average on this team. Like I'm good, we all good, but these dudes are so good that I'm like fitting in, and then he's gonna go to Sac. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm gonna. Team for I'm gonna agree with you that um, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna say tw- again I'm be generous I'm gonna say 28 and I want you to notice something when you watch Boogie for, for next season. I'll, you know what I'll go 30. I'll, there you go I'll go 30. I want you to watch something next season and and tell me if I'm if I'm lying. Boogie is athletic when he's on the move. He can get up and you know he'll put he'll put you in the rim. Under the rim he has no explosion and he gets blocked more than and that's why he shoots 45 percent. He misses a lot of bunnies and gets blocked a lot more than the guy of his his stature should. It's it's a, it's it's fascinating to watch sometimes. So keep Not an eye on that for me next season. It's also true on defense. Like you don't yes. you don't see him meeting people at the rim. Like if you get the ball, if you get it inside on him, and you get him close enough, like it's buckets. Because he can't, he's not jumping to contest. Especially quickly. So if you get it up quick, it's over. Like even Bogut, Bogut would be like, felt like that was a guy. If I get low enough to get to my shot, I'm gonna get it off because he's right. not gonna explode like that. Which is part of the reason that's why something, he so many fouls because he know it. <laughs> that's something that kind of worries me about Bogut, man. Because Boogie's elite, his numbers are elite, but like that lack of explosion just it kills him sometimes. I've seen games where he just misses like seven, eight in a row, and he's getting blocked because he just has no burst. It's weird, man. Oh. Um, hey, we watched that with David Lee, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so the, just right at the rim. Yeah, man. The the so the Suns, the Phoenix Suns. Um, there's not so we, now we. I'm with. I think, I'm pretty sure you're with me on this one. Kings, Suns, and Lakers all missed the playoffs here. But the Suns, a lot like the team that you just mentioned, the Timberwolves, I think the Suns have a great young core. Um, I think getting Bender and I think Marquise Chris to go with Devin Booker, that's that has the potential to be something really great. They got in a couple of vets. Uh, they brought back Barboza and uh, Dudley. 
Um, and that's you know that I think they had a very successful offseason. I, I I personally gave them an A. How do you think the offseason went? Oh, I think I think it was great. I, I look first off, they recognized uh, that Booker is a place a piece to build around. So they put some pieces that's going to complement him because I think that dude's going to be a beast, right? I think I think that's like like Clay Thompson would be a good ceiling for him. Uh, he, for me, he's going to be a, a a guy who you know he's going to be an All Star level player in this league. So what they didn't do was do what they did last year and go try to find that vet that's going to get him in the playoffs now and spend a bunch of money yep. on like a Tyson Chandler, right? That's what yep. they couldn't do. That's what the Kings try to do. That's like, don't do that. Look at your roster, what you have, and, and look three years down the line. Say, what do we need to put around them? I think they did that. They they looked at their young players and they supplemented them instead of trying to get that quick fix to get them in the playoffs immediately. I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Phoenix, Utah uh, are the teams that – Probably used to be a cakewalk, right? And now you might have some problems with them just because talent-wise, they have it. And that youth, man, that youth over an 82-game season, that's what really <laughs> that's what really gets those OG teams, right? Them dudes on David West ain't going to want to run. <laughs> you know, the Spurs ain't going to want to run like that. So I like Phoenix. I like what they've done. And you know what? I'm really interested in seeing Earl Watson because uh, I think he's one of those advanced kind of basketball mind like he's paid his dues he's learned a lot uh i think he's got i think he's got a philosophy that he can execute uh and i'm interested to see where that goes from there and it's not a retread either right so right it's not a guy who we already know his flaws and we could see how his flaws are going to undermine him like we don't know you can't you can't no player can go into it like i don't know about him remember what he did right so it's all fresh it's all new they're all going to learn and grow together and that stuff matters, man. It helped Oklahoma City. It helped the Warriors get to where they were. I feel like that's a, a winning uh, mold right there. You stay young, yep. everybody young, and then everybody grow. And stop trying yeah. to blend these old people. I think that's where Orlando really messed up the last couple of years is that they kept trying to, hey, we got to make the playoffs. We got to make the playoffs. I think that's where uh, Milwaukee messed up last year. They were fine. Yep. And they, oh, let's sign, let's sign Greg Monroe because this will make it take us next level. I think teams try to cut corners and, and skip steps for this arbitrary, hey, we want to be at A seeds and get, get smashed, and then now we're in the playoff. We're a playoff team now. That's not the right way to go. I'm, I'm actually right there with you with that, man. You were speaking about the young boys, Chris, Dragonbender, and Devin Booker. I'm with you, Devin Booker. I think the big, the, the big advantage he has over uh, Clay Thompson is he actually has a pretty nice handle right now and yeah, plays to the work on it. Yep. Yeah. So he can do that. So how would you compare? Like we got the Suns with Chris uh, Marquise Chris, who I think is going to be phenomenal. The kid's a crazy athlete, and and I, I think he's like almost a, a hyped up prototypical uh, modern day power forward. Where he, I almost want to call him Brow Junior. Um, how you compare them to like the Timberwolves with Towns, Wiggins, Levine, and Dunn? Denver has Moutier, uh, Jokic, Nurkic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. And the Lakers, of course, have Russell, Clarkson, uh, Brandon Ingram, Randall. Where do you man. think the Suns in, in this young man in the young boy revolution? Where do you where do you rank them? I got them by, right. I got them behind uh, Minnesota only because like Chat is next level. Like he's all NBA talent. Like you know, he's one of those dudes we're gonna look back and, and say, 
uh, he's, you know, in a Hall of Fame conversation. He's, he's that good. Anytime a dude, Draymond don't give, you know, Draymond got a problem with everybody. And when he come right. back after a game and say, yo, that dude is good, right? <laughs> Draymond is like, man, he ain't, he, his response is normally, man, he ain't all that, right? Right. After Carl Adler so, tells, he was like, yo, that dude is good. He's next, he's next level. So that's the only reason, because their their best player has a higher potential, right? Ceiling. Booker will be good. I don't know if he'll be here. I don't know if he'll be cat level. So I'll give them that. Although, I think if you start naming all these, I probably got more questions about Wiggins than, than any other. Like, oh. we've seen enough of Wiggins to have enough questions, right? Like, is he gonna oh. get, is he just going to take mid-range jumpers all the time? Or is he going to get three ball? Is he going to get to the line more? Like, we've seen enough just to have a few questions. Uh, so, I wanna... but if you look at Phoenix, the, they, they've got pieces at different places. That's what I like. You know, they got a two, yeah. they got a, a, a modern four, right? Like, I feel like they got more bases covered, even though the ceiling of those bases, we just don't know how great they'll be. Yep, I'm I'm with you, man. I I think the more I look at them, because that dude, hey, Joe Kick can play. Joe Kick can play. I think Moody is going to be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But with the Suns, you called it, man. Um, I, I really I, – I wanted Chris at the four for Boston this year, and I was I was pretty upset. I mean, at the three for Boston, I was kind of upset they didn't go there. Um, so that's the young boys. Let's talk about this, man, though. Like, Eric, good, man. They will. No, they're, they're going to be – hey, they're going to be really good. I think they're still a player away. I think that – um. I don't want to pay Isaiah Thomas twenty six you know million dollars in two summers. You know, need, you know who Boston really needs? They be they challenge LeBron for the title. Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant. <laughs> if they just had Kevin Durant, all right, man. All right, all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Now you gonna rub it in the? All right. So hey, so but here's a question though. Look, we're speaking about high level players. Eric Bledsoe to me. I think when he is healthy and ready to roll, he's up there. You you could you could put him arguably as a top five point guard. The dude can do everything. They call him Mini LeBron Eric for a Bledsoe? reason. Eric, no. hey man. Eric Bledsoe. Oh, okay. Eric Bledsoe is an amazing player. I, I'll say at least. So, what, what, it, healthy? Where do you put him? The, he was averaging almost like twenty six and six when he went down. The man could play ball, and I was all yeah, in on this whole healthy. That's his he problem. Can, he can play. Yeah, he can. Play. Who first off? Uh, his style of defense is definitely exploitable. He's great at the passing lane. He's great at pressure, but you can get buckets on him. I've watched him get lit up. Secondarily, he's playing two guard practically. Is he gonna be a player? Hey man, going play two. No, Brandon Knight is. Right. Hey, no Eric Bledsoe slander. I'm asking the question here. All right, all right. Yeah. Hold on. You can't just slander Brandon Knight. Eric Bledsoe. Point guard they got. I'm nah, he's a two. He's a two guard. Nah, he is a two guard. <laughs> what? I think they're both a so, two guard. Wait, here's my question though. Even like that, Brandon Knight thinks he's 24. Bledsoe, I think, will be 27 this year. I need to look this up. I'm asking. Um, Tyson Chandler, we know, is an old is an old head, right? So they need vets, and they brought in guys like Barbosa and Dudley. Do you see a guy like Eric Bledsoe maybe getting discontent? Uh, there was actually reports of Tyson Chandler saying, you know, back in March he was going to demand a trade, and he's backed. Um, how do you, as if you're the son GM, how do you handle this? Because I, I think we saw with Get the boring dragon thing. There you go with the dragon thing. They let it they let it roll on too long. And it became a, it became a spectacle, and you, I think they're at the point now where if they have any hint of of discontent, they got to get rid of them. If you're but, if you're one of those vets who want to mentor the youngsters, that's who they need. Like a Dudley, Dudley's like, right. yeah, man, I'll 
yeah, I'll rock with them. And also on the ropes, if you think, you know, this is your turn, your era, then you need to, you need, they need to get rid of them. If you're unhappy, because they've got some young talent that needs to be groomed. So Bledsoe, I think Bledsoe needs to be on a winning team because he needs to be surrounded. For me, he's at his max when he's, support it like you can't just attack him on defense because you can shoot over him or you can't just play off of him because you know he's so good at getting to the rack you know all you gotta do is lean back you know and play back right he needs he needs he needs the players around him so you can't just attack his weaknesses and i don't know if he has that really he needs to go to a winner put him you know i was right there with you where he needs to go to washington man he'll ain't reliable right to play with Wall? The what? And play with Wall. Yeah, go- he played with Brandon Knight. Yeah, he played he play with Chris Paul. He's a dude who can do that. But Bill get hurt every year, and then what do they have? Ramon Session. Right? Like, go be – people run three guards all the time now. It's okay. Bledsoe, Bill, Wall, be able to run those dudes out there. You, gonna, you, got, more, you got more defense, right? You got a ball pressure. That's where you need to go to a team like that, where it's like, all right, you can't just pick on me because I got other help. But man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go after you too, and you know I got I got somebody with me. Right now, I don't know if he has that. Like you could still, all right, if we just take out Bledsoe, we gonna win. And, and see the other right. thing about so, the other thing about that is like he like I said, if he's 27 in his prime, does he match up to the timeline of these guys? And I, I was right with you as far as thinking, you know, he needs to go to a winner. He just he doesn't fit right now what they're doing in Phoenix. But I just read like three or four articles where he is, he seems like he's loving Phoenix. He's doing stuff in the community. He's like he's he's the face of, he, from all things. You know, just a guy. He's stepping up to be the face of the franchise. Like he's like embracing it, which is a good thing, honestly. Because I mean, obviously, you want you want your vets to love being where they're at. Is like. So then where does Brandon Knight go? Because you know what? Booker is a guy who he could play next to because he needs to be next to somebody with size. So I agree. If Booker so, is a guy he could play next to, but then what happens with Brandon Knight? Like Brandon okay, Knight so give me, the ball in, period. Give me a, give me a preview. Dominate. Move, up, move out to the, the, the um, trade deadline of this year. Which one who, – who is still left? In, who is gone from Phoenix? Do you think anybody's gone? Chandler. Uh, uh-huh. and I would have said Bledsoe, but if he's happy and he's willing to, you know, rock with it, then I think they can go get a a, a fire. Uh, they need a they need a big man who can shoot. Like, who can they get? Especially if they're like, if they're battling Utah for like the eight seed. Nah, they probably won't move tonight because then they that's like twenty points they're taking out of the lineup. I don't know. I want to see how that works, but the, Knight needs the ball too much. So does Bledsoe. It's like two dudes need the ball. Uh, and the Knight isn't that great off the ball either. It'd be different if he could maneuver off the ball like a Booker could. But I, Chandler's got to go, though, that's for sure, because he's eating up a lot of cap anyway. And he so let me out. ask you this. He's like 90. From what you just, from what you just said, right, uh, Barbosa, Dudley, P.J. Tucker, Tyson Chandler, Bledsoe Knight, a bunch of young boys around him. You th- so you just said if the challenge for the AC, do you think they can challenge for a playoff spot this year? Oh yeah, I think they'll contend for it. Absolutely, no question. Wow, I think they'll be in wow. that mix. Yeah, like who are the like Dallas? Dallas wow. was a seven seed, and who was the eight seed? Uh, uh, uh Houston uh, last year. Right. Yeah, it was Houston. 
Okay, so this is our first. This, wow, this is our first beef. This is our, this is our first beef right here because I'm I'm thinking they're 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 a lock for the lottery. Um, I think Utah is going to be the four seed. Who do you seed. think is better? You think you think you think Utah? That's what I'm saying. So Utah getting the four seed. Don't forget about. I think Oklahoma Utah going to be great. Buddy. I think Oklahoma City is going to be I five or six. I think it's the fact that they're going to be almost Pistons like, but they're going to be deep because they got Gordon Hayward. I think Rodney Hood is going to be fantastic. What, what Pistons? What Pistons? No, nah, I'm saying light. The fact that they're going to have talent up and down the roster instead of having one guy who's going to just dominate. Yeah, uh, I think Gordon Hayward is great. Chauncey Billups didn't take over. Come on, man. Well, my on, my point is they were deep. There were six. There were six, uh, seven deep. And yes, Chauncey took the player. I don't think he's scared he of anybody. Okay, but they also have Rodney Hood who can, who can light it up. They got Derek Favors. Yes, yeah, he Favors is. Favors is nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Favors is nice. I think Rudy Gobert is going to know he's a, he's the back line of that defense. He could, he's going to be you know he he's blocking everything. And you think Gordon Hayward rebounds. taking out Westbrook? I think that while Westbrook will be the best player in that series, if they play, I'm not saying that they, I'm not saying, I guess he wouldn't beat them. I just think that over the course of the season, Utah is going to win a lot of games. It, this, I, I think they got deeper and Joe Johnson. Well, and, um, play defense, and that's going to help. Yeah. They play, they play good defense. So that'll help them win the games that most teams would. And I, I think that Johnson, I got it flipped. I, I think Johnson and Dial and and George Hill bring veteran know-how, and they're going. So to where Portland? Where do you see Portland? Eh, I, I think Portland's again five six, maybe seven. I'm not high. I'm not high on the Portland. Like five six. So all right, you I'm got Warriors on one. Who you got two? Who you got two? San Antonio. Spurs. Spurs. Yep. Spurs two, three. Who you got? That's Clippers. Clippers four, Utah. I got the Jazz. You heard it here first. Um, I'll go OKC. Six, Portland. Six. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Portland or Memphis. If just for this conversation, just because you so high on Portland, I'm going Memphis. I go Memphis. <laughs> Memphis. I, I got uh, Memphis. So so Portland seven. I got Portland seven. And I got Houston eight. So I New Orleans out. I, I I don't think they did. I don't think I don't think they did enough, and I think Dallas definitely didn't do enough. And of course, of course, Rick Carlisle is going to prove me wrong. Right. Every yep. Everything. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Right. Every time you write them off. Oh. You don't think Phoenix is right in that nine fight, nine ten fight for eight? I think they're going to be there because I mean, let's be real. Young rookies are usually not very good. They're going to have nice, pretty numbers on a bad team, but if they're trying to win, I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, that's it, and that's just me. Play a lot, that might be. Nah, if the right, Rookies I, play a lot, they probably won't be. But if they don't play a lot, I don't know. I think I'll Earl, say this: Earl might want to want to get some wins. If they finish, <laughs> if they finish nine or ten this year, that's going to be a win. That's going to be a positive, a step forward for them. I think. So you got them behind the Kings. Um, no, I probably got them a little ahead of the Kings. I got them ahead of the Kings. I'm I'm not high the Kings at all, man. Yeah, no, nah, the Kings might. I think that might that might go down. It might. It's something what you got, go down in Sacramento. What you got the uh, the the record the for the Suns? What you think they finished with this year? Man, I think I I got them like thirty five or thirty eight. 
Okay. Okay, I'm going to look. I think they're right in that chase. I think, you know, maybe 500 gets you in the playoffs. So I think they'll be, I think, you know, come February, March, they'll have a, they'll be like, all right, if we make a run, you know, we 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 get in. And they won't make the run, but they'll be in the conversation. I, if I just, I'm, I'm giving Zach. Teams ahead of them, like Houston. I'm not that high on Houston. Uh, Dallas, even though I think they might prove me wrong, like like Carlisle's yeah. too good. So I think it's a bunch of like mediocrity, like right Minnesota. If I'm giving Minnesota making the playoffs, oh no, no, I don't think they make it either. They're a year away. They're a year away. I, I get everybody's high on Tibbs, and and Cats gonna make that leap sooner than later. But I think it, it's it's a bigger jump from being. Uh, there's they they haven't even been good yet, so yeah. they're going to be in the competition for that nine ten. But I don't think they're ready for that playoff prime. All right, I'm yet. giving them so AC I'm, now. Just because you wait, I'm giving them AC. <laughs> Memphis drops out. Memphis is out, and I'm giving them AC. What you got for Phoenix? Though? How many wins you got for Phoenix? You got how many wins did you say for Phoenix? Thirty what? I say I say between thirty five and thirty eight, somewhere in that range. All right, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them thirty three. If I give the Kings thirty, I give them thirty three. But that's. Uh, I I'll even go 34. They're, they're going to be fun, and they're going to have – you know what? They'll surprise a couple teams, a couple good teams. and like, wow, that was a good win for them. But I think overall they're just not ready yet. Um, last team, nah, Lakers. Ain't ready yet. Lakers. Uh, this is – so Byron Scott – and that's the – I'm with you, Byron Scott. But this – I say this. They already won the offseason because they got rid of Byron Scott. I think Byron was – I think he was actively – actively harming the players while it was good for them to get those picks i think he was actively holding back and and like stunting the growth of of those young boys but it was only for two years you know he was only there for two years he only had uh d'angelo for one he didn't get to touch brandon ingram so that's a good thing right um do you think luke walton he comes with a winning pedigree already uh he he it's funny to me that kerr won coach of the year because luke had him for like more than half the year and they had a better record under Luke. I get it. It was Steve Kerr's system. Cool. But it was still Luke Walton doing it. So do you think just even just the fact that they went from Byron's and up to Luke Walton, does this help bring back some of that Lakers mystique? I don't think it helps bring back the Lakers mystique, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. And, you know, I think, you know, I like Luke, right? I think he is indeed one of the, like, good young coaches in this league. But, man. I'd be worried if I were him. Like, it's one thing to look like a good coach when you got Stephen Curry, who's going insane, Draymond, Clay. Like, they they will make they will make you look good, right? They will make you look like you know what you're doing. They will make your plays look great. I just man, people are putting a lot on him. Like, man, he should have been coach of the year. He about to have. Wait a second, like he doesn't have close to the roster. However, I do think his system will be – his understanding of how NBA works today right. will be better, especially for guys like uh, Russell, right? Uh, I think, you know, I never was that high on Randall, but I feel like Randall will benefit from being in, in, a, in, a, in a system that emphasizes, like, pace and space and spread out because, you know, he can handle for a guy his size, and that's probably where his mm-hmm. strength is. So I feel like they'll be better. Like you said, they were being – they were almost like they were at the very least being shackled by Byron Scott, right? If not getting worse uh, yep. as far as development. So their development will be better, not to mention like Luke Walton got to watch 
you know, great players and how they work. So he can now translate that, right? Here's what, here's how you prepare to be a champion. Uh, he played with LeBron too, so like he's seen how he works. That that's that's good wisdom, modern wisdom for uh for these young players. I think teams make this mistake all the time. But I think it was go get a guy who won in '87. Man, it was way different then, right? You need somebody who knows how it's to a, win now, right? <laughs> who knows how to win? It's different, man. Climate. It's different. Yeah, it's, just, it's not it's like one is better than the other. It's just different, right? You, you, people say, oh, get off your phones. They're not going to do it. So just stop telling exactly. them that, right? Stop telling people. Yep. Tell them how to work and get their work done while being on their phone, right? Not like actually while they're on their phones, but knowing that's a part of their life. Here's a way right. to still get it done. I think Luke Walton has seen that happen, right? He's seen it work, and he can kind of translate that. So I think he'll be better for them, but I just hope people aren't thinking they're about to now compete for a playoff spot because they got the should-be coach of the year, right? Like, it's, he he might wake Like, he was very particular about where he would go. And he had other oh. offers, and he's like, you're not about to set me up, right? That's what he's thinking. Like, you're about to just put me with some scrubs, and then I get my first shot, and we're terrible, and I get fired, and then I'm done. Right. So, like, that Lakers choice was a hard thing, right? Uh, but he knows, too, like, hold on, man. If people think they're about to win 40 games because Luke Walton is there, man, that's a setup. Like, that's the only thing I think about. But I do like Ingram. I, I like Russell. I know it's easy to hate on Russell, but I like that dude. And he's a little different, right? And he, mm-hmm. needs, you know, he needs, he needs some, he needs to be coached up, right? He needs to be mentored. That's what he needs. He needs, he needs an OG in his life. Uh, and if he gets that, I think he could be good. So I like where they're going. But man, dude, that that franchise is jinx. Like they well, can't see, even get Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> like, which they just lose everything. All right, so you know, you brought up a good point. Veteran veteran presence does matter on that team, right? And I, I'm scratching my head because I, I don't think that a hundred and almost forty million dollars for for Timothy Mozgov and Lowell Dang oh, is. is are the exact yeah they stick out like sore thumbs to me I mean, that's i get i i really like the, i like the, the dang i think dang is good he's been a professional he's a right now he's been playing the you know he's been playing kind of a stretch four kind of role he can help i think he'll help ingram and anthony brown a lot and just bring a settling presence to the team i like that one i don't mind that one too much the mozgov deal really really has me just looking puzzled so it was just unnecessary you, everyone, it was <laughs> that's, well, that's it they have to do it that's the crazy part. It wasn't like I mean, he we got look the- three and they had to up it. <laughs> there was it just, nobody bidding. I mean, and plus, I mean, like, look what um, look what Azili got from Portland. Look what we can look down. We can look at. There's probably at least ten more centers who may even either were available for free agency or via trade that they probably could have got for less money. It just I don't get the Mozgov thing. He's skilled. He's he's large. Um, he's a vet. He's he's a smart player, but I just I don't know why you. Especially, and the thing, my, my thing with that is four years. Why'd you give him four years? I I don't get that. Why not give him two at really high, and then with you know with a team option? I mean, was was Mos, Here's the thing: was Mosgon calling shots? Like, if so, like that's the ultimate gangster. Like he couldn't even get into the game. Like he's at the end of the bench uh, for the Cavs. 
he can't even get to the game, and then he turns around at free agency and calls shots. I can't, I can't believe he was doing that. Which means the Lakers just like felt like they found the gym and wanted to lock him up. Like they were like, "Oh, get it before everybody gets him." Like it just makes no sense. Which tells you like their problems are trickling down from the top. That that type of move doesn't make Russell Westbrook say, "I like what's going on over there." Let me let me sign. Right, there, that's right? it. It's just like that's that, that, they shoot themselves in the foot with stuff like that. Like four years, man, unbelievable. Four years, like you said, the Z he got swing is seven. He got like change. You know, it's not that Mozgov will be bad. I think he'll actually play. But now here's another thing. Now he's gonna have to play with pressure on him because that contract is that's his deal now. Like that's what he'll be remembered for. So he's got to. He it ain't gonna be good enough for him to just play well. He's got to live up to the money, just like Barnes will have to, right? Even if he plays well, it doesn't matter. He got to live up to ninety-five million. I don't know if Mozgov we know they won't. That. So yeah, yeah right. So it's like, well, and well, if you're the Lakers, like, why are you working against yourself? That's the part I don't understand. Like, create, try to create a better vibe. Like, at least look like you have a plan. They look like they were like, it really looked like they were like, I hope ain't nobody on Mozgov. Like, just just hurry, just wait until January one, and we're gonna do it. Right, it doesn't make any sense, man. Ready, I, and then they jumped gone. on it, and it was like, "What?" So my here's my God. question: at the at the other end of the spectrum, though, they just got the blue chip, you know, one of the blue chip rookies. They brought in Brandon Ingram. Um, I hate the baby KD comparisons because I just don't see, you know, even in college, I didn't see the same dominance that you know KD had in college. And it's weird to me when I watch him play. Like Kevin Durant looks larger than life. He looks like a seven foot. Sometimes he looks like he's seven foot three. When I watch Ingram, he looks like a six eight guy sometimes to me, which I know is wrong because he's a legit almost seven foot two. But um, he didn't look really good in summer league. But who cares? It's summer league. Uh, what do you think moving forward for Ingram is? And, and do you think that him and D'Angelo Russell are that franchise type players? Because for, let me let me real quick. I've been watching them both, and I know that Laker fans are excited, and they should be. These guys have all the potential in the world. I just as I watch, I'm not sure if I see that. It now I could be completely wrong because we haven't seen enough of Dan Lawrence in a good situation, and we haven't seen Ingram yet find his groove. But um, I you know it's a possibility. It's a possibility that we we keep thinking Lakers young players hey they're gonna be stars. Maybe they won't be, and that's that's something people gotta think about. What do you think about them? Well, you know I think part of it too is context, right? With a franchise player means a little bit different with the Lakers, right? A Lakers franchise player. It's Kobe, right? It's Shaq, it's Magic, it's Kareem. So that's what makes it so difficult. A franchise player for the Bucks is, <laughs> right? Like, so. Giannis. If, if people can't, yeah, right? If, if people can't temper, like, that level of it, I think they could be, I think they have some pieces. What I look at is what can you do, right? I don't look at, I think when you evaluate young talent, the first thing you shouldn't look at is what they can't do. Look at what they can do and figure out how to maximize that. And then over time, okay. you let them work on what they can't do. Like, that's what happened with Steph. What can he do? Oh, what a dude can shoot. So let's create a system, right, <laughs> around that. And then over time, he'll work on what he can't do. So at some point, you hope there's a big payoff. So if you just look at their games, you'll say, oh, okay, well, we got something. First off, they can shoot which right. rookies usually can't do. But you can work. Anytime somebody can shoot, you can work with that. So 
for me, they're already winning to start. Now with you, I think if you're expecting, you know, Carl Anthony Towns or, you know, somebody who could be like, all right, in five years I'm going to be competing with the top dudes in the league, right? Oh. I don't know if they have that. Like, I'm not willing to say that, right? But they might have a couple dudes who might make an all-star on a good year, right? Uh, I don't. I don't know if Ingram is that guy, and we'll see how his body fills out. We'll see how he fits in the system. I know if he's playing uh, five, which he might end up doing with uh, with nah. Luke Walton. Luke, Luke want to run. I'm telling you, <laughs> Luke, if he's playing five, he's gonna have to, you know, he's gonna have to put on some weight, rebound. I just don't know, but I do see some skills that can be manipulated, right? especially with uh, Russell and Ingram. I don't know so much about Randall. I, I'm just not as high on him as most people are. But Russell Ingram have bankable skills that you could say, if we develop these dudes, we already got something good to work with. Because Ingram, Ingram can shoot, man, for dudes like that. I mean, he's not KD, but he can shoot it, which means now he needs to work on uh, how do he build a game around that, that arsenal. You can do that. Right. Will they be all NBA I'm probably with you on that. They probably need a, a Russell Westbrook, right? Just, it's, but the it's the Lakers. So with the Lakers, it's like Lakers and Celtics, right? Like that's all they do is have Hall of Famers. They <laughs> so, think so. That's the day. Things change a little yeah, bit now, yeah, right? Yeah. We're, we're, Absolutely, so. no question, no question, right? If, if that's the expectation, they'll be they'll be disappointing. If people are like hip to like what the reality is currently, and just let them do grow and see who, who comes available in the future. Who knows if Ingram and Russell grow and become good players, who knows what they can attract. But I don't I don't see in them the Durant Steph Curry combo. I, I don't see that. So give me give me give me a comparison. Give me a comparison. Give me a comparison for even even for, even from back in our day, from back when we you know give me a player comparison for what do you think De, like D'Angelo about where ceiling is. It's kind of hard. Angelo, I can't think of anybody really either. Uh, uh, you know, Kenny Anderson and Derek Coleman. Oh, oh all right. All you right. know, well, no, I not... Kenny Anderson because because of uh, D'Angelo Russell's game. Like, it's real slithery. It's kind of smooth. He can pull up at any moment. Kenny Anderson couldn't shoot like that, but I, I could see – uh, what you know, Russell developing his game, so you don't know whether he's going to drive or shoot, which can open up all kind of stuff. Like when Steph learned how to drive, like when he started being able to get to the basket, it opens up everything. So a guy like that, you know, that lefty kind of silky leftiness. Now I don't know if Ingram's Coleman, but Coleman, remember, he was like the revolutionary big guy who could step out to the perimeter. So in that sense, Ingram, you know, seven footer who can shoot from the perimeter. But I'm thinking like that. But also, they're not going to take over the league type either, right? Like, Kenny Anderson, okay. over, they were good, but they weren't like, all right, y'all got to y'all gotta see us about something, right? They wasn't. Okay. They weren't that good. So, I feel like they could be good. They could be all-star level. I don't know if they could be, like, is, is Ingram going to be Anthony Davis level good? I don't know. They, I don't know. But, of course. Anthony Davis always hurt, so he might not be Anthony Davis level good. I can't, I can't let you slide on the on the Derek Coleman. Let's think, um, maybe a more a more <laughs> maybe a, a more that. offensive. 
a more offensive uh, Tayshawn Prince, maybe? It's hard to think because he has the slim body, but he has the jumper. He, It's going to be interesting to watch those those guys develop, man. I'm with you on Randall, too. I, I get it. Like, you know, he was picked high, and I kind of wanted him originally, um, you know, for, for Boston that year. But the more I watch him, it's the it's the T-Rex arms, the wingspan, and the lack of the defense. The kick and handle, and he can be something. I think they could use him, you know, I don't know if he's that third pillar, if you want, for a franchise. That's that's tough to see, man. What um, do you think of Clarkson, though? I, I think Clarkson is true. I do, too. I, I'm I surprised do. he took that deal. Why? I'm surprised he took that deal. Yeah, and, and I think I think for the next couple of years, he's going to be their best player. And, I mean, who knows? Moving forward, he might be, which – which is good for him, but I think if he's their best player, I don't know how good they're going to be. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble. He needs to be on a team where he's like the third. Where he's just, his assignment is to go get buckets. Like if yes. you do that, man, he, he's going to be elite at getting buckets. <laughs> that might be – he might make a good long 15-year career out of that because that dude just has a natural knack for scoring. Just don't ask him to like, play defense. Like imagine if they had him in OKC when they had Durant. Like so, what? he was playing. The two, if they had him playing the two off of Russ and KD, that'd been that. Or imagine him in, in in Houston and they moved James Harden to three, or and they let, or they just let him play. You know, or in Memphis, the, where they desperately needed another score, like in Memphis, where they could just be like, "All right, Tony Allen, sit down. Like, let's go uh, get buckets." Man, yeah, I think, I think that was a good. Be, I think he's gonna be a great. Yeah, as bad as that he deal, did, he Mazar deal is a lot of money. That's the it. worst deal, huh? Yeah, as bad as that Mozgov deal was, his deal for Lakers is fantastic. And look at the money other other guys got. I'm I'm shocked that his his uh his manager let it happen. Yeah, he, I don't know what he was doing. I don't I don't know what I would have had. Man, no way. All that who's gonna be worth all the money? Oh, oh, easily, uh, Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah, I think like I think if if the Mavericks had their had their had their way, they'd probably rather pay Clarkson that money than Barnes. You agree with that, right? Yeah, I think Clarkson. He's gonna he's got he's got that kind of game where he's gonna say, "I see why he's getting paid that much." Right? It ain't it ain't intangibles. It's it's that full on. I'm about to get you 25. Right? <laughs> Every night, like you'll be able to look at that and say, "Oh yeah, that dude is good." Uh, he, he's gonna be nice like that. I, I definitely would. He definitely took an L, a, a free agent L. <laughs> you know what? I, I, no, I'll say this. Guess what? I say you know what? We we laugh about the Lakers' mystique, but maybe he's one of those kids who he really wanted to be a Laker, and they you know the, the management told him, "Hey man, like what nobody else did." You know, he probably he probably really loyal because you know when did he get picked, or did he even get picked? He, he like was a, a second round. Yeah, he's a second round. I think uh, I know he slipped. I thought for a second he might not have even gotten drafted, and they signed him. Uh, but they 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 definitely gave him a shot when nobody else did. So he's probably loyal to that. There might be something there. So he should get praised for that, then, right? I, I mean, yes, he should. And so it's funny, right? We can't pick and choose when we say loyalty is good. So you know. I, I like it. I like this. Hey, if he's happy, he's he's a multimillionaire. I, I we can't really, you know, we can't really ping him for not getting every penny he could, right? What you gonna do? Um, yeah, right. Kevin Durant just texted me and said, "Amen, brother." No, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> what you think for the Lakers this year, man? How many wins are they gonna, they gonna rack up? 
What they get last year? Like seven? Uh, I mean, that you you might not be too far. They got seventeen, so you add add ten to that. They I got seventeen them, last year. I give them twenty twenty wins. Man, I'm generous. I'm gonna give them twenty. I'm gonna give them twenty five. I'm giving him twenty five. Yeah, but it's gonna be fun though. I think. The, I think the. Oh the, no, they got yeah, a little all thing. I, they got a little all thing. I forgot about thing. So what nah, you give them? Yeah, I, yeah, I give him twenty five. I think they'll finish. They might finish ahead of the Clippers. I mean, the uh, Kings. <laughs> I, I, I really think the Kings are gonna something's gonna happen, and Boogie's gonna get traded. I really think that's. I think so. Either, uh, maybe both. But I think it's got something really. I just feel like something is gonna come to a head, Sacramento. So you are you? Oh, yeah, so twenty five. I'm gonna go with twenty five. So your and your prediction for Boogie? You think by the by the trade deadline he's gone? Yeah, I think by the trade deadline he's gone. All right, that's, I think he's that's gonna what, be I mean, really unhappy in Sacramento. Really unhappy. It's not crazy. That's not crazy at all to say that. So, um, yeah, we, we agree 25 wins for those guys, but they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be – it's going to be exciting to watch those young boys uh, grow and learn how to play some basketball. You want to take a quick question? One question from Twitter before you go, man. You know what? Hey, everybody, uh, yeah, we talked before the show. We, we talked before the show, and my man Marcus told me I got about 40 minutes for you. So I was trying to rush through everything, and I remember I was like, all right, 20 minutes with Golden State. We could do this next in 20 minutes. And we're sitting at almost two hours right now, brother. So I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and do this with me. One question from Twitter. Oh, um, it's a, it's a, this is actually, it's a Warriors question. That's why I want to ask it. All right. So this is from uh, at Joe underscore bets underscore. Uh, he wanted to know what happened to Steph Curry's legacy with KD. Does it help, hurt, or other? You know, uh, I don't think anything happens to his legacy. Here's the question I have. What does a legacy actually get you? Like, I don't understand. Steph is going into the Hall of Fame. Like, that's done. Uh, what else? <laughs> I don't understand these legacy questions. Like, really all legacy is is the opinion of people and how like how we remember them. But that's going to be different no matter what, right? Like, there, there won't be a universal legacy. So, I just don't – I don't think he can – like – I think if anybody knows it doesn't matter, it's Steph because he's been in the NBA, right? Like his father was in the NBA, so he knows that in the end, all that matters is the NBA fraternity and how they view him. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't – his legacy will be he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's a two-time MVP, and if he wins again, he'll be a a multiple champion. Like that's what – maybe he'll end up uh, an Olympic medalist, like, Really, we're talking about barbershop conversation and water cooler talk when we talk about legacy. And he doesn't really get anything if I think he's better than LeBron, right? Just like LeBron don't get anything if I think he's better than Kobe. Like, he gets nothing out of it except people having conversations and choosing him. (laughs) Like, that's what we're talking about here. So I think Steph, because of his NBA history and his dad, like, look at his dad. Like, his dad was a bench player, right? His dad was known for coming off the bench and shooting, right? But we know yep. about him. So what's his legacy? <laughs> it, 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 it's not what it was before his son became an MVP, right? That's true. So it's, just, it's just conversation. So his legacy will be that he's a Hall of Famer. And in the end, that's what really matters. Okay. There you go. That's a good answer. You answered the question. Um, I do think What's that my if it, will be? here's the real question. 
Uh, so you're like, hey, you 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 came on the show, you 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 fought through it, you you pushed through it, and uh, you you gave yep. it 110. percent Um, you know, I'm gonna check, check my mail. My prize gonna be in there. My legacy prize. <laughs> nope. I ain't gonna so do nothing. I, I you know it's funny. I will say this now. Legacy is like you said, it's just opinion, but. I think while Steph's legacy is perfectly safe and it will only get, you know, this doesn't do anything to it. I think if the role were reverse, it would change his legacy. And if he left Golden State to go join somebody else, I think it would. And it's it's just, it's how we view people, like you said, it's how we view players, and, and it, would, it doesn't really it matter. Legacy, it would change his legacy, but I just don't. I think he thinks like, okay, what does that mean? All right, right. It, it will change. Like so, basically, Barkley or Reggie Miller gets credit. For staying with Indiana, like he comes out, you got to stay. Okay, he stayed with Indiana, and what did it really get him? <laughs> it didn't get him a championship, right? That's what we're like. All right, well, we 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 like Reggie Miller more. Is he getting them endorsement deals? Is he getting a job because of it? Like, what what is he getting because he stayed with the Pacers? When he goes to Indiana, he's beloved. All right. <laughs> I will say That's this about Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. Yeah everyone he finessed everyone into thinking he was this great two guard when if you really look at it he's and i hate to say this because well no i don't it's funny to me because people get really upset as good as he was back then he's he's overrated because he wasn't i don't think he was good as players like mitch richmond he was on a great team that did that perfectly hit his flaws which was he wasn't a good defender and he really couldn't create his own shot and it, it accentuated his strengths which is he could run off screens all day he can shoot his his tail off, so I think that he finessed staying in Indiana with into into people considering him some great player. That's what I think. But so you saying he wasn't great, or he wasn't as great as people think? He was not as great as people think. He was definitely a he was a very good player. It's just that when when people like you know he's top fifty and they they talk about him in the same breath as the Michael Jordans and Charles Barkleys, I don't think he was on that level as a player. He leveraged, he, le- he leveraged a couple of big three-pointers against the Knicks and a couple of really big playoff series, which were awesome. But he turned that into, I'm, I'm, this, I'm this great player, and I think that was a little, he was a little bit overrated. Yeah, I, and I think, uh, I, think, I think that's accurate. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's rated that high, though. I mean, is he in the Hall of Fame? Of course. Yeah, Reggie's in. He's in, of course. That's right. He's but he's in for you know, because basketball hall of fame is not just about NBA. But he's like a college star, high school star. So Yeah, it's, he's I, good, I, but he's, I just I, Yeah. Like you I'm said though, you, hey, I'm you know what? Uh, you made the point you made the point that 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 yes, as far as we talk legacy, it sounds great. I stay with one team, but Winning a ring, hey, the ring is the thing for a lot of players, and I get it. You know, it's it's what you do on the court and and your hardware that matters more than legacy. So I'm with you, man. You're absolutely right. I can't argue with that. Yep, I'm with it. All right, my hey wife. man. So, hey, okay, okay. Uh, you got anything that you want to? Anything that you got coming down the pipeline that that uh, you want the people to take a look at? Anything coming up soon? Uh, no, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my man. Um, this is uh, hey, everybody, Marcus Thompson, Bay Area News Group. Uh, follow him on Twitter, please. Subscribe, he's a good, he's a good conversation, really good guy. I'm glad we glad we connected, my brother. I appreciate you coming on, man. 
Yes, sir. All right. Now you owe me one. Now you got to come on my show. I'm right there, my brother. Hey, you have a good night, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right, sir. Man, all right. So we went on probably way too long. Uh, my man likes to talk basketball. So do I. So we got along great. It's cool, man. He said 40 minutes. Uh, we would have we cut the Lakers and the Phoenix stuff really short. But I'm glad he was able to really give us a, a an extended extended show there, man. Good dude, man. I felt like a real jerk after we kind of got into it on Twitter. He just was like, hey, bro, what are you even doing right now? And I was like, but it wasn't really any but to it. I was, I was out of line. All right, so um, I was a generous one tonight. We all we both agree, of course. Golden State is a team to beat in the universe. Um, Clippers, we both agree, are going to be three seed. Um, I just wonder if this is the Clippers' last hurrah. Uh, it's, it might be coming. Um, yeah, and then the Kings and the I think the Kings are in the worst shape out of all three, all five teams in the division. They just got to get it together, man. Ownership has to show some kind of united front and some plan. That's that that makes sense. That's all it is, really. That's what worries me about the Kings. Phoenix, I think they learned their lesson when they try to go all in after that surprise run to the ninth seed, to the ninth, uh, you know, ninth seed, and they almost made the playoffs. They try to go all in. That's not how it works. So there's they're being more patient this time. That's that's awesome. For Phoenix fans, I hope uh that the Eric Bledsoe stuff just maintains. I love that guy's a player. And if he's down to be a leader of that team, that's what you want. You want vets who want to be there. That's cool. Uh, Devin Booker is going to be an animal. Chris is going to be an animal. I think Bender, I'm not quite as high on, but he's he just, you know, he he has tools, so we'll see it. Um, and then the Lakers, hey, hey, Lakers, come, you're coming out of a two-year uh, dark tunnel. Everything should be bright, bright sun and roses right now for the Lakers. Uh, you know, there, there's no pressure. There's there's nothing. You got your, your young boys just got to play and, and develop and have fun under the new coach and learn the NBA. And that's you guys have fun watching them for the next couple of years. Um, figure out what you got. I'm not as high on them as everybody else, even though I'm not low on them. I like D'Angelo Russell's game. I like Ingram's game. I just I haven't seen that it to make me go, oh man, it's gonna be great. D'Angelo hit some good shots, and it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, so that's it, man. I, I'm gonna go back east next. I'm not sure what division, but thanks, man. thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the support. You can find me. Uh, so that's yeah. Make sure you guys follow Marcus Thompson. That's Thompson Scribe on Twitter. Um, real good dude. So you can find me on b Breakdown. Uh, big thanks to Coach Nick and Jesse Blanchard, my editor over there. Um, keep an eye out for the next show. It's good times. Uh, follow us on b Breakdown.com. And I think that's going to be it. Let's see what we'll listen to as we go out tonight. What we're going to go with. What we're going to go with. Let's go with this one. Oh, I know what we're going to go with. So let me do it again. So that's it for the night. I'm James Hollis, and thanks for listening. Like a contortionist, late in the Porsche, my father driving. Things been sunny since I started rhyming. No denying me, I'm known to keep a fresh foot like podiatry. Nobody hires me.